0: Blank Jack with Griffin and David Blank Jack with Griffin and David
1: Don't know what to say or to expect All you need
0: to know is that the name of the show is Blank Jack
2: A vigilante is just a man lost in the scramble for his own gratification. He can be destroyed or locked up. But if you make yourself more than just a man, devote yourself to an ideal. If they can't stop you, then you become something else entirely. Which is a podcast, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> Great impression. Thank you. That's the best I've ever done, Eason. You landed the plane. Hello, everybody. My name's Griffin Hammond. I'm David Sims. We are hashtag the
3: two friends. You're taking a little, taking a little yawn there, a little stretch.
2: No, little I was preparing myself to land the plane. <gasps> Uh, we're hashtag the two friends. That's your competitive advantage. We're two friends. who host a podcast. There's no other podcast like that. It's never happened before. And will never happen again. No, of course not. And the immortal words of Miss Piggy, never before, never again. We copyrighted it. Friends aren't allowed to host podcasts never now. Never before. <laughs> uh, this podcast is called Blank Check with Griffin and David. Hello. Hi. You know us. We just introduced ourselves. Taking a sip of water. Uh, this is a podcast where we look at filmographies, mm. overanalyze them. Directors who had massive success early on in their career, and then we're issued a series of blank checks to make whatever wild and crazy films they want. Sometimes those checks clear. <gasps> Sometimes they bounce, Mr. Wayne.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you got me.
2: Neeson. Uh, we're on a podcast mini-series uh-huh. about the films of Christopher Nolan that is called The Pod Night Cast. Yes. And today we finally got to the point where we as your humble host yes get to introduce you to the pod knight himself batman batman <laughs>
3: <laughs> the well-known man of of capes yes his the, name the is ca- batman the cape
2: person his name is batman and he's about to begin
3: you seen that louis ck bit about the batman i just no. i just think about that now. which bit's that it's like it's like where he's talking about there was a bat loose in like an upstate new york house and he like called the police and the person was like, oh, I can put you in touch with this person who's good with bats. And Louis is like halfway through, realizes like this person's trying not to say Batman.
2: <laughs> anyway, uh, Mike Lawrence has the great Batman bit. That's like the kind of joke that everyone's made. But he like crystallized it the best. Yeah. About Batman being like the ultimate Republican hero. Yes, where he, he runs is. down all of his villains and he's like a burn victim who's unwilling to let go of the loose change. He has <laughs> <laughs> a crazy cat lady, a th- the theatrical magician who wears makeup. <laughs>
0: oh, like it's boy. just
2: every sort of like Republican nightmare. Um, um, but we, this we'll the, talk about it. We'll People about thought it. these movies were right wing. You know, that was a thread that, that carried through. Yeah. Well, and yeah. and I especially be watching this movie through that prism. Um. Have have somewhat of a counter argument, but this is this is where it all begins, where the Batman begins. Mm. The year is two thousand and two. Christopher Nolan's hot off of insomnia. He's cold off of insomnia. It's chilly. It's chilly. It's a cold tired. movie. T- <laughs> Brr. It's cold in here. There must be some Nolan in the atmosphere. (laughs) Terrible. Let's start over. Ben, delete the entire podcast. Yeah, the podcast is gone. Oh, Ben's here. It never existed. Oh, producer Ben's here, Mm a.k.a. Ben Ducer, a.k.a. producer Ben, a.k.a. the Poet Laureate, a.k.a. the Haas, a.k.a. Mr. Positive, a.k.a. Birthday Benny, a.k.a. the Tiebreaker, a.k.a. the Meat Lover, a.k.a. the Fart Detective, a.k.a. the Peeper. He's not Professor Crispy. He is the fuck master. If you see him on the streets, wish him a hello fennel. And of course, he's graduated certain. Tells of the course of different miniseries, such as... Oh. Producer Ben Kenobi, Kylo Ben, Say ben thing, Ben Knight Shyamalan, Ben Sate, and Warhas. Oh, also Ailey Ben's with the dollar sign. Oh, now we're done. Yeah. Almost
1: missed can't it. forget Almost that. missed it. Hey, guys, I'm here too. Excited to talk about this movie. It's,
3: yeah, he's got a take or two.
1: Yeah. Oh, I got some hot takes. Uh, this is the. This is where... Batman Starts.
3: <laughs> his I wanna I wanna say that his notepaper that is headed with Batman Starts, I mean beginning. Underlined. <laughs> we got Griffin. Hold on, let me just check that off. Great. <laughs>
2: Okay. So Batman.
3: <laughs> uh so we're we're just we're, Oh boy, come on. All right, all right. Throttle down. Throttle down. Oh, it's okay.
2: Okay. We're gonna be okay. Batman begins. It's 2002. He goes in for a meeting at Warner Brothers. Uh huh. Batman? Batman. <laughs> Batman himself, the Cape Crusader? Yeah. And uh I I you know, as uh Mr. Wally Fester, who I worked with on The tech, premiering August 25th on Prime Video, told me, um, because this was a little different than how I heard the story told in the press, they were really happy with Insomnia. They were like, this is clearly kind of a major filmmaker we're dealing with here. And they had a meeting with him where they said, like, here are some of the hot things we have. Are you interested in any of these?
0: Mm -hmm. And they
2: weren't even really pushing Batman on him. They weren't thinking him for Batman. And he kind of... Started stewing. He started going like, "Wait a second, what about what about that Batman guy?" Of course, the Batman film franchise had gotten off to a humongous start with Tim Burton's film in '89. Then uh, parents and general audiences flip out in a negative way at Batman Returns, which is a secret masterpiece. Uh, not even so secret anymore, right? But. Right. I- um, But it was a controversial movie. It made significantly less than the first one. They ax him out. They bring in Joel Schumacher. They go, make it more like a comic book. Sure.
3: But I think he also had the pitch of, like, hey, like, Batman is a kitsch hero. Like,
2: Fun. Adam West. Right. Like, Let's right? kind like, of why bridge don't we the gap tap into that. Right. And he combines that with his experience as a man who used to uh, be a window dresser for department stores. Hey, I love Joel Schumacher. Look. I'm not saying that in a negative way, but yep. that is very much the aesthetic of that movie. That mm-hmm. the aesthetic of that movie is Barney's department store window. For
3: sure. I, look, have you read the oral history in the Hollywood Reporter about Batman yes. Forever? It's awesome. Uh and uh the production designer talking about his vision of Gotham City is awesome. And the most interesting thing about it is Joel Schumacher saying that when the movie came out and like everyone called him being like, "It's a hit." He was like, "You're kidding me." Like, they were like, "We're going to make it one like can he was like no one wanted to make another one like no one was prepared for it to be a hit it
2: had batman the biggest forever. opening weekend of all time
3: it was now it was actually because in my head batman forever was a bigger hit uh the biggest batman yet but it wasn't it just was a bigger hit than batman returns it wasn't as big a phenomenon and it batman. opened batman huge. the burton movie was like a, a phenomenon beyond any other
2: right i mean it was it was the uh original modern blockbuster people talk about star wars and jaws but batman set the template that I think we're still going off of today. Yeah. Um. In terms of just general saturation. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Definitely. And like, uh, an aggressive advertising campaign that is focused on iconography. Right. Not like a trailer where it's like, he comes at night, the yeah. Batman. Like you know, like it's just like
2: there. There will never be a better advertising campaign than the original Batman because it was like the one film where they had. A piece of iconography that was so simple and so iconic and so well-known, they could just make the poster, the Bat symbol, with a date, and you didn't have to say fucking anything else. They Also, Also, they
1: got Seal on board. That's Batman
2: Forever. Yeah, Seal's on uh, Batman Forever, but they got R. Kelly for Batman and Robin. And they got, Prince obviously did an entire album, wrote an entire album about the Batman. One day we're going to do my Batman
3: series blank check. Uh, you know, don't make it sound like it's your series. I love Batman. No, well, it was my pitch.
2: Yeah, my My pitch pitch to you. Yeah, to you. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Anyway, um, Batman and Robin flop, flop. They give him, they give him a real blank check. They go, "We love what you did in the last one. Do more of that." And the check bounces. I think they gave him, but I also think they there was a lot of pressure to uh, to uh, include a lot of toys. Toyetic he was the term the that kind of came out of that movie. Lot. Was They yeah. said, we need more toyetic sequences. Can he, A bat be- bomb? Right. You know who they Can gave a blank ice check? ice ga- skate?
3: Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. You know how much he made? 25? $25 million. You know how many days he
2: was on set? 17? Like, less than 25. Yeah. He made more than a million dollars per day of work. Someone I talked to who worked on that movie said, anytime he's not in close-up, it's not him. Uh, yeah. Any time in that movie... Right, it's just like a distant shot or whatever, right? Right, it's it's a double. He only did the close-ups. Uh-huh. Or any, like, a moving shot where you have to see him in the suit, you know? Where the camera slowly tracks into his face or whatever. But that's not the film we're talking about. That's the movie where Batman bounced and they went...
0: Fwah. Batman.
3: They went, ooh. Ba-. Not only did Batman bounce, like, the uh, superhero Super genre movies genre. kind of bounce for a little bit. Where, uh studios were kind of like i guess we can't just rely on these being critic proof like correct you know maybe we should give them to real people
2: and and batman uh and robin was also one of the first films where the studios blamed the internet uh yeah sure like uh the nerds
3: had had their revenge yes but uh, not, like, in the movie Revenge of the Nerds.
2: Booger was nowhere to be seen this time. <laughs> this time it was Harry Knowles?
3: Oh. Uh,
2: yeah, exactly. The nerds have been like, no, this is not our Batman. You messed it up. But and there was an aint cool a review that came out early from a test screening and said, like, this movie is fucking toxic. It's a bad movie. It's a bad movie. Did you see it in theaters? You were little. Did. I loved it. I saw
3: it in theaters, and I you were probably, like, seven or eight years old. I would have been nine. I think I was 11 or 12. Yeah, right. uh, That's a key difference. And I remember, but it was one of the first movies I saw in a theater where I walked out and I was like, I'm not sure that I liked that. Like I was 11. Usually when I saw
2: a movie, yeah. I was like, great. <laughs> like I had fun. That was the first Batman movie I had <laughs> seen in theater. So I was just so into like the fucking grandeur of it and everything. You would butts and nipples and ice and flowers. Uh, it's got it all. That it's was the tagline a, for the movie. Butts,
3: nipples, ice, and flowers. It's got it all. Um, anyway, we can talk about the sort of disco sucks esque uh, imagery. I'm sorry, uh, the disco sucks esque
0: dismissal sure. of
3: Batman sure. and Robin that maybe gets a little too. But anyway, the point is, you got three years later, you got Brian Singer doing X Men. Right. I feel like that's the turnaround where studios are like, maybe these should be a little smaller. They don't need to have movie stars in them, like, you know, an Arnold Schwarzenegger or whatever. And we can give them to, like, up-and-coming serious And maybe you
2: engage with them a little more intellectually. Yes. You know?
3: Um, Because I remember reading an interview with Brian Singer, like, where he had just made App Pupil, and his agent was like, they want you to do X-Men. And he said, like, what? I don't do that shit. Like, comic books? That's lame. Like, I don't do that. Right. Uh, Because it was such a, like, poisonous... Idea to that you know, like for hacks, that you would make yeah. a superhero movie, and then he got talked into it. Obviously.
2: And it was uh, uh, Richard Donner and Lauren Shuler Donner yeah. were producers. They had the X Men property. A young man named Kevin. Feige. I was going to say Kevin yeah. Feige was the Donners. Uh, he was like their junior assistant executive, yeah. and that was when he was on set. Had never read a comic book before in right. his life. Did he the was research like, I'm into this, and then dug in. Um, but at the same time, Warner Brothers says Batman. And so for years, there was this thing. Can I run through some of their- uh, Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Th- they kept on saying like, okay, we're trying to develop like three Batman projects. There has to be a way to bring Batman back. And they kept on throwing stuff at the wall. Let me let me give you
3: some ideas. So first, Schumacher after Batman and Robin, they still are like, do you want to make a fifth one? Because it's before I think it flops, but after it had been in the can. Yeah, because he delivers the movie on time. There's not, it's not like the production was torture.
2: and they were like, "Can't miss. Doesn't matter if it's exactly. bad. I don't know. Whatever."
3: And like, it still made like a hundred million dollars, which was bad, but like, it's not like it was like a total bomb. It just yeah. didn't do well. It
2: just had a lower opening than expected and a yeah. lower total than yeah. expected.
3: Bad word of mouth. Um. So Schumacher was like, "Hey, why don't we make like a dark Batman? Batman like, triumphant? I believe was his title. No." It's often been known as that, but the real title I am reading, I I did a lot of research because I just, was Batman Unchained? Okay, that fucking sucks. (laughs) It's a bad title. He wanted Nicolas Cage to play the Scarecrow. correct? And he wanted it to, yeah, be a little more of like a darker Batman.
2: The other thing I've heard is that he wanted Madonna to play Harley Quinn. Yes who at the time was going to be rewritten to be the Joker's daughter. Yes. And there would be like flashbacks to the Joker and they wanted to get Nicholson back, which seems like a stretch. They were going to pay Nicholson like $2 million to, to like be do in one hallucination right, sequences yeah. for when the scarecrow shoots his gas out. Yeah. Uh, but, but he you said know, he wanted to be more of a Frank Miller. They were going to get Clooney back as Batman, Chris right.
3: O'Donnell as Robin, uh, Alicia Silverstone as Batgirl. Because you remember Bat and Robin begins, uh, ends with them all running out in front of the bat signal? Like, it's like, finally, the three heroes.
2: I believe the tagline for that movie is family forever.
3: Uh, I think that's one. Yeah, yeah, like, right. Yeah.
2: It's yeah. like, you know, justice for now. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it was like, da, it was da, the da, end da. of a
3: long series right. of taglines.
2: Family forever.
3: Yeah. Um, that so then they're like uh, Batman Robin does bad they're like forget it forget it and so Schumacher's like what if we do Batman Year One the Frank Miller comic yeah. like we reboot it and they were like maybe but not, not you, you. <laughs> so the Joel Schumacher's gone
2: and I don't think it ever went far but there was briefly internally the notion of what if we did Dark Knight Returns with Clint Eastwood uh, that I've never heard of that I think that was like a happening. spitballed kind the, of there, uh, there was never any
3: traction everything to that. I've read is they had two projects and development spinning up at the same time they had batman year one and batman uh, and then beyond, batman beyond which right. was the cartoon that was like set in the future with like an old batman right but either way they were like hard reboot we either need to go right.
2: right back to the beginning or we need to do a new batman in the future and they were getting these going and they were kind of just thinking like whichever looks better will greenlight boas Yakin of remember the titans was supposed to do batman beyond <laughs> oh god god uh, Good pull, right? Yeah, that's great. Well done. And then Aronofsky was the one who was on Batman Year One for a while. He was co-writing it with Frank Miller, but the script was very different than Frank Miller's Batman Year One comic. Yeah. He was totally re-conceptualizing like conceptualizing the material. And, and
3: they had Bale, Christian Bale, in mind as a possible Batman. Which is really funny. It was, um, I mean, makes some sense. I mean, he was an obvious choice, right. in Like a lot of ways, he was the right age. He was a respected actor. He was weird. But know. like
2: Bruce Wayne wasn't a billionaire. Alfred was like an auto right. mechanic. <laughs> yeah, they oh lived in God. a garage. Oh God. The Batman was like bad. an oldsmobile. The Batmobile was an oldsmobile. Two other
3: things I want to mention. Yeah. Uh, apart from this project, also. Uh, Lee Shapiro, who is a, a Hollywood screenwriter, pitched them a movie called Batman Dark Knight, with where the K is is capitalized. You know, so it's like Dark K Knight. You know, like it's like one word. <laughs> Griffin's just like closing his eyes in frustration.
2: Uh-huh.
3: Uh huh. Um, he pitched this where it was like Batman's retired. Dick Grayson works at. A gotham university and it was like a scarecrow movie like set at arkham asylum and like man bat was going to be involved so like and warner brothers was thinking about this they had like a lot of ideas
2: it is interesting that everything kept on coming back to scarecrow well i
3: think it was like they had done all of the other major villains right, and scarecrow felt like just next- kind of made sense and especially for a
2: quote-unquote darker batman and also, he does have a, a pretty cinematic attack. Yes. Because it's like, oh, you know, he could do these dream sequences, the nightmares, you know. hallucinations. Uh, sorry, I just got gassed there no, by No, that's Scarecrow. fine. Um, but there's like five years where they can't get anything off the ground. I, I've got more to tell you. There's oh, so please, much good please,
3: shit. Please. So okay. Aronofsky has his year one script. Right. They don't like it. Guess who rewrites it for them? The Wachowskis. Oh! They don't like that script either. Guess who rewrites it after that? Cameron Crowe. Joss Whedon. Ah. They don't like that either. So then they can year one. They're yeah. like, fuck it. They start moving forward on Batman versus Superman. Remember that? Oh, right. Directed
2: by Wolfgang Peterson. Which of, was going to be called like, World's das Finest. Boots and, uh, yeah. And it was... Air uh, Force uh, an, One. What's his name? Andrew Kevin Walker. The seven guy was yeah. writing the script. Oh, Jesus. And it was Jude Law and Colin Farrell were going to play Superman and Batman, respectively in a movie in which the joker murders lois lane. No oh, for fuck's sake. It just sounds so bad. And then through some chain of events that leads to Batman and Superman having to fight each other. And that was going to be a real like alien versus predator Fight movie where like the last forty minutes are all fight, rather than the movie we got where they fight for two minutes and then talk about their moms, Martha. And
3: then they talk about like maybe turning this
2: into Superman Flyby, which was this other
3: right. idea that anyway. But so there movie was a lot came of really close to getting it, made. it was it was like a serious thing. And then
2: Superman Wolf Flyby came by was going to make it. closer right, right. yeah. Uh, then
3: two thousand three, they for I don't even know like why it all gets swept aside except maybe. It's just a lot of bullshit. None yeah. of it really connects. But they they say to
2: Christopher Nolan, like, do you want to make Batman? Well, but what I'm saying is I apparently. I mean, he pitched them. I know that. Apparently they said, here's the slate of stuff we have. Here's stuff that you could have. Sure. And they weren't even really pushing Batman on him. And he said, I think I have a take on Batman. Right. And
3: he was working with David S. Goyer, who yep. writes these movies with him, and who I guess was sort of his his comic book Guy, like, right. Because Nolan admittedly Nolan was not a big comic, comic, comic book, books, guy. and so right. did, you know Goyer would be like, "Read the Long Halloween." Like, yeah. here's some Batman for you, baby. Right. But
2: uh, he said, "Take it back." I, I found a really interesting. Actually, you keep talking for a second. I'm going to pull this. You
3: down. know, Goyer becomes the guy because he's worked on Blade, some of the Snyder movies. He had already worked on Blade, but I feel like he he work he becomes the guy who everyone blames Goyer for every bad comic book movie. Yeah and gives him no credit for the good ones. And I'm he that might be the correct take. I don't really know. Look, but knows? he's, yeah. you know, he wrote Batman Begins and, and he wrote The Dark Knight, uh, smart the story, script. yeah. And he wrote Man of Steel and he wrote Batman versus Superman. So, you know. Where does uh, Catwoman fit into the picture here? Well, they had done her, you know, with Michelle Pfeiffer uh in Batman Returns. Right. And I think Catwoman and the Joker, they were just scared cuz they felt like ah, two iconic, you know, performances, pretty recent. Uh, let's not try to do those again. Now, of course, studios are like, what, that was Spend like four years
2: ago. Let's just do it again. Like, there's Tim a Burton more respect, you know, for like, hey, that was recent. Tim Burton for a while was trying to direct a Catwoman spinoff with Pfeiffer. Sure,
1: yes. Oh, cool. Then
2: that fell by the wayside, and then there was a series of, do we do it with Ashley Judd? Like, whoever the hot, kind of steely female star of the moment was they try to regurgitate that script and then in 2003 fresh off the oscar win Halle berry signs on and they start over a new script with an art director named p and that movie comes out the year before this which is right. really weird and to it think is a about a catastrophe. Yeah. catastrophe it's, it's, just, it's yeah. and of course it's like more bad, in the bad. old
3: model of like these movies don't have to be connected. Just any Catwoman movie, and
2: also it doesn't have to be based know. on any existing material. Like, no, it was yeah, just, just like, she's a Catwoman,
3: right? I mean, Catwoman is like, I mean, that's a classic bad movie. The costume's bad. It's set in like a CGI city. Like the whole thing's a goddamn disaster. Have you, you know? Just she plays movie. basketball with Benjamin
2: Bratt, and uh, and the conflict of that movie is that uh, I mean Sharon Stone's the yeah, it's villain She like, run a cosmetics yeah. company, and her cosmetics line gives her like claw proof skin where now Catwoman can't hurt her yeah it's like yeah it's so
3: sexist I don't know like to have the villain be like a beauty cream mogul yeah <laughs> and have Catwoman's costume be like a bra and sh- shredded <laughs> pants I mean it was all bad I don't know
2: like I don't is, know who is, ra- is Everyone would not watch again
1: uh,
3: I paid two dollars to see it in theaters I remember that in the Adirondacks Uh, Congratulations. Thank you. Um, So, Nolan and. What are you looking up? He's been on his phone for 10 minutes. So, Nolan and Goyer pitch a darker, realistic, rebooted Batman. Yeah. And obviously, you hear those words now and you're like, oh boy. But in 2005, you know, in this sort of like new and still kind of exciting comic book movie world, that was like, oh, cool. Like maybe a different take on batman's what we want. And like, also someone like Nolan making a superhero movie oh, felt wow, really weird. Right. Uh which is uh, to be fair not dissimilar from Burton getting hired in 1980s, the late 80s where it was like this guy, oh, huh.
2: Um but uh uh still it was we wanted it. I found the thing I was looking for sure. and this was kind of his real take. This was there was a uh, Dark Knight Blu-ray set after the third one came out and Nolan wrote this forward talking about like in retrospect how crazy it is that he was given like, it's true. the reins to this. And as we talked about last week on
3: the Insomnia episode like now it's not crazy at all obviously. Now you know you make a five million dollar indie and like right. you get your comic But at that moment it was, it was very like hard. oh wow. And it was, it was a weird
2: match of aesthetics especially yes. coming straight off of Burton and Schumacher who were different filmmakers but were both very theatrical. Were both very stylized and heightened dramatically. Yeah. To have Nolan who is so kind of sparse and cold. Uh, His quote is, in retrospect, it can only have been my absolute confidence that a return to the old school 70s blockbusters that I grew up with would be the key to bringing Batman back. I thought my references were original, but it now seems obvious that 10 years ago, every studio had been hoping that every temple they made would take the audience back to the great early days of Spielberg, Lucas, and Bond. Few movies had pushed that particular button, and I believe that changes to the craft of filmmaking were to blame. Right. And that was kind of a big key to his take because a lot of people have been saying, Batman, Year one. Take it back to the beginning. Yeah, yeah. But he said, what if we really do this kind of old school, classical, kind of tangible, grounded, not just in terms of the story, but in terms of the actual uh, aesthetics of the film, the technique of the film, you right, know? right? Make it kind of real. Um, and they say yes. And he gets to work on this movie. Um you know in in and he and, hires Bale, who has long been sort of rumored just like the obvious Batman choice. Well, and what I was going to say, which is kind of interesting, you know, they were learning from the mistakes of um, uh, Batman and Robin, where the internet and the geek Elatarati, uh turned against them so hard, mm-hmm. they leaked out the list of the short list of candidates right. they had for Batman, and that went out to Ana Cool and they monitored who in the comments fans were into. Sure, sure. So sure. the list was like Josh Hartnett, Hartnett was, came close, and some people have said he turned it down. I've heard that. I and don't he know. He definitely turned down Superman.
3: Uh, yeah. Henry weird. Cavill
2: was weirdly on that list. Henry Cavill was on like every list. He was on every James Bond For list. 10, every yeah, and then he years. finally gets Superman. Uh, Guy Pierce and Christian Bale, and everyone goes, "Bale's the guy." Bale's the guy, and they go with Bale.
3: Right, because Bale had been an American Psycho, and everyone was like, "He's got the darkness,"
2: and had necessary. been a child actor, but wasn't really a big movie star at that point in time. No. No. But American Psycho, right? That was his calling card. And for Equilibrium, like these, I remember people being like, oh, this is like, this feels like a Batman type character.
3: Equilibrium is like almost as, as much as the Boondock Saints, one of those movies yep. in college where people would be like, what a cool movie you've yep. gotta watch it I watched it I was like this is a god awful movie mm-hmm. Equilibrium is a lot better than The Boondock Saints to be clear Correct. that's only because The Boondock Saints is the worst film ever made <laughs> Equilibrium's like kind of cute but bad like the gun thing's kind of cute the yeah. rest of it is basically like right. 1984
2: in a blender or whatever yeah. you know it's sort of like whatever but so they're off to the races and this movie comes out it opens well it, it we'll get to that closes well yeah it's not a huge hit but it's a good hit It's a good hit, you know, especially when they thought that franchise was kind of like back on its heels, you know, now it
3: was like on firm ground. When it came out, it was not thought of as like a surefire 2005 summer hit. No, no.
2: And it's weird to think about in retrospect that uh, like Wedding Crashers outperformed Batman Begins. Yeah, man. You know, like within that same summer. But it was a solid hit. It got good reviews and people were kind of back on board. And it was this big turning point of like, oh, but what if superhero serious? Yeah, because remember, the same year Fantastic Four comes
3: out. Right. And that's your old model. Yes. Now, obviously, again, X-Men had come out, X-Men 2 had come out, Spider-Man had come out. Like, I'm not saying like Batman yeah. invented some new version of like making a superhero movie, but definitely, come on.
2: You know. there, there are a lot of big shifts here. And it's weird watching this movie now when so much of blockbuster culture in the last 10 plus years has cribbed from it. Mm. But, you know, I mean, the... Daniel Craig uh, Bond movies sure. were reconceived very much here yep. in the mold of for sure. Batman Begins. Yes. And then you have a lot of aborted attempts like like McGee's Terminator Salvation is definitely trying yep. to do a Christopher Nolan version of Terminator. Yep, unfortunately, directed
3: by McGee. Yeah, that was the problem. Issue, man. an issue. McG had I mean, Bale's in it for crying out loud. Yes,
2: except for the fact that he was making it.
3: Yeah, what don't you fucking understand? He, I believe was the line. Remember that, Ben?
2: He yelled at that guy. <laughs> he remembers. I'll say this I uh was talking about that with like some of the camera guys on um on tick sure. about that like bail flip out thing and they were like yeah but that DP's notorious for that. And I was like really and they were like he still does it to this day. I, like in the middle of a take he'll like walk in and like adjust a light right in an actor's face. I
3: remember when that happened the a lot of the reporting was like You know, we get it. We
2: get why he'd be mad. It's just,
3: the clip is just so insane. Anyway. Yes, and also in
2: retrospect, you could tell, like, he was angry that he was in that fucking movie. Probably. Um, But uh, anyway. Okay, so this movie comes out. Yeah. June of 2005. Uh Uh-huh, June 15th, 2005. It was my last day of high school that year. (gasps) Whatever that would have been, I think sophomore, junior year.
3: Junior, probably. Well, maybe sophomore. I was in... College. I I think it was my... my, I was a summer intern at the Boston Phoenix, living in Boston. Hey. But no, I think I was in London the first time I saw it. I saw it again in Boston. I can't remember. Anyway, carry on. Uh,
2: It was my last day of school. There's the the grad party everyone's going to, and I was like, fuck that. I'm going to see Batman.
3: Bartman begins.
2: Yeah. I was a loser. Yeah. And I went with my friends who were not my friends from school because all of them wanted to go to the grad party. Uh-huh. And we saw the IMAX midnight showing of Batman Begins. That's
3: cool. Back when you had to go at midnight, not 7 p.m. None
2: of that bullshit.
3: Jesus.
1: I had to stay ben up just had to turn past my, levels my down.
2: bedtime. We got some Cold Stone beforehand.
0: Oh, God. Whatever we did. Christ. I don't know,
2: but we fucking, we saw Batman Begins. Batman Begins. And I remember it was not a sure thing. I had heard people who said, like, this is kind of cool. I had heard rumblings like, this movie's a fucking mess. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I was sitting there. I was I, hype. I was a big. I was really. You hyped. didn't know Nolan, though. This is your
3: first Nolan. This is my first Nolan. Whereas I was obsessed with Memento and I'd liked inside like I was all in on this. But
2: movie. I was very hype because I was really into the approach and I loved Batman. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Batman. Bartman. But, Bartman um, But uh, I was worried. I was cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I okay, wanted this movie fine. To Jesus Christ. He was worried. He was optimistic. And I sit there opening night uh-huh. and just immediately I'm like, fucking yeah, I'm on board. This is the Batman when movie does it I always get wanted you? to see. When does it get you? Like almost immediately. Does it come in black? No, I feel like when he was in the prison, the Himalayas fighting the guys, I was just like, yeah, this is like the approach to this character I want. And um I I don't know if I've ever this <gasps> has ever happened in front of you, but I have a problem with chronic nosebleeds. I don't think it's ever happened in front of me. Not as bad as it used to be, but I will randomly get horrible nosebleeds at Uh certain times. I remember
1: you got one back when we were doing uh, Talking TCGS. Talking TCGS. Yeah.
2: Um, About 45 minutes into this movie, my nose starts bleeding. That's bad. And I'm cupping my hands underneath my nose, trying to like pull the blood and collect it and stop it from getting on my shirt. And my friends turn to me and they go, like, is everything okay? And I was like, my nose is bleeding. And they were like, shouldn't you go to the bathroom and take care of it? And I was like, I'm not doing it until he fucking says I'm Batman.
3: You had to wait another 20 minutes. I know. And I counted I, exactly when it happened. The
2: second he says I'm Batman, <clears throat> I ran into the bathroom at mm. the Lincoln Square IMAX Theater mm. covered in blood, my hands like I had just committed Jesus, murder. This is visceral. Right. And I go to the sink and I'm trying to wash blood off my hands. I'm the only one in the bathroom other than a guy dressed up like the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> And this guy, it was Midnight. Yeah. It was the Midnight shoot. Yeah, and yeah, not yeah. Ledger Joker, but like no, fucking was like no Caesar Ledger Romero Joker, Joker. And he looks at me and goes like, hey, uh, are you okay, man? And I was like, yes. And then I ran back into the theater. Nerd. Yep. I'm Batman. And then. I'm blood man. <laughs> yeah, see blood boy, let's I'm be blood clear. Boy. Blood boy.
3: Uh, Batman Begarns. Yeah, no, I think I saw it in London before I went to Boston. Mm-hmm. I was a summer intern though that summer, like July and August. Mm-hmm. And I was working at the Boston Phoenix, but my job as an intern was mostly like nothing. You know. Yeah. I like had to like assemble daily clips or I don't know what Doing I did. Doing a day. big load of nothing. So right? I would every almost every day go across the street to the AMC Fenway, which was literally across the street, and see a movie for lunch. And I remember like on my like last week there, I came back and it was the first time my boss had been like wanting to talk to me and was like, Hey, where is he? <laughs> like and I got away with this totally. Yeah. So I saw like two more times there. I just would go see it. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. Uh but it was especially exciting then. We like the Batman movie. All right, guys, look. What can I tell you? It's a well, fucking good movie. I know it's, you know, like hacky to think of it now, but I'll
2: say it's great. this, like more so than any other movie I think we've ever covered on this show. Watching this rewatching it last night, and I've seen this movie a ton of times, right? Yeah, rewatching it last night, I was like, I actually cannot um extricate this movie from my nostalgia for it and my memories of it and sort of what it represented at the time. It's yeah. very hard for me to view this movie objectively because we are similarly like nerdy, overly obsessive guys. We love pop psychology and all that yeah, shit. Yeah, And to see this character be taken with that kind of level I'm of, like, man. thought and detail. Swear to me. Yeah, it was just like, you know, uh, I just remember, like, <laughs> Do pumping I look my fist. like a cop? When I walked out this movie, I was like, I've been fucking vindicated, you yeah, know? all
3: right, all right, It felt God. like a personal but this victory. this is the problem with these movies. Exactly. Right. Is now that, that's what I want to talk exa- about. These fucking idiots are like, ha, like, I'm in charge now. right, right. But- I'm the captain now.
2: Right. Uh, everyone became Barker Abdi after seeing this movie. Damn right. And I also think it created this bad dynamic with nerd culture where it's like, I want you to take my thing seriously so I don't feel like a baby for liking something meant for children. Uh, Exactly. And it becomes, right, something that's become incredibly toxic,
3: which is that idea of like the very idea of making these movies for a wide audience or yeah. for children is like, like antithetical to these people right like how could you like it has to be dark i guess it's like the extreme version now is just those like crazy dc universe bros who are right. like zach snyder's a genius because he's so twisted <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That was a really good voice <laughs> swear to me what else does he say in this movie because <laughs> his voice in this nice is perfect cult. Lace nice coat. Yeah. Whereas in the Dark Knight, which we'll get a little, to, yeah. he's he's done something like I remember I would watch the Pete Holmes Badman, you know, yeah. the like spoof of it, and I'd be like, right, he's like spoofing it. He's yeah. and then you watch and like, no, he he's just doing the voice that he does in the Dark Knight. I
2: remember reading some early review of this I'm not movie, not wearing hockey pads. Yeah, and then it becomes this <laughs> thing. I remember reading this early review of the movie on like probably Anna Cole or whatever. Right. It's almost like it's really good. A uh, heads up. When he's in the Batman costume, he kind of talks like Alec Baldwin. <laughs> like, no one had known that. And Batman didn't have any dialogue in the trailers, in the costume, no, right, I feel right, like. No, right,
3: right, well, No, he probably
2: very little. I can't remember. The marketing was, like, very elusive and Minimalist, too. You really didn't have a sense of what the movie was. I remember,
3: like, one of the key bits in the marketing was that line where the scarecrow goes, like, the Batman. You know, yeah. like, he's coming, the Batman. And
2: they used a lot of Ken Watanabe's
3: yeah, sure.
2: Goulman a monologue. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Gotham must be destroyed. Yes. And it was just like, oh, the whole thing is going to be Ra's al Ghul trying to burn Gotham to the ground. Sure. Why Ken Watanabe fist down. fighting Batman. Right, right.
3: Well, yeah, they used a lot of the early part of the
2: movie. Yeah. Uh, anyway. um, But, but yeah, it, then it becomes this thing where like Batman is one property where you can dig into it on a psychological level. Sure. And the fact that they tried to just break it down and go like, okay, the goal of this movie is figure out, what would actually need to happen for this guy to make these decisions? Uh, right. You know, get into the micro and really build it piece by piece. Right. Because we just had
3: Batman and Robin where he doesn't talk and he just talks in normal George Clooney right. voice. He has a back credit card. Yeah. He's like invited to parties and everyone's like, oh, Batman's here. Like, like like the, you know, sanitation commissioners here. Like he's just like a member of Gotham High Society. And people talk
2: about the dark. <laughs> I love those movies. They're so <laughs> insane. People talk about, like, this, the dark and gritty thing, but it's like, this movie's pretty, like, austere-looking. Like, it's pretty glossy. (sighs) Yes. And it's dark in that it's shadowy, and it's not a toyetic movie. It's, like, the least toyetic movie ever made. right,
3: because I remember during the uh, production when they revealed the Batmobile, and it's, like, the opposite of, like, a cool car. Right. It's, like, this weird blocky tank thing. Right. And everyone was like, huh. And the villains are kind of just wearing
2: suits. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
3: The Scarecrow's just a guy in a suit who puts a... A, a bag on his head.
2: Right, but like the term but, realism kept on being thrown around know, correctly I and I feel like the the bigger it thing- It is
3: gritty because it's about like a city yeah. that is like overtaken by crime, I guess. It's like a street level movie, I don't know. I think Whatever. the bigger
2: thing was Nolan trying to apply a level of logic to this type of movie that wasn't usually there. Yes. Character logic, story logic, these kinds of things and then people misinterpreted that as like, oh, the whole thing is to be self-serious. Why so- No, um, yeah. No, but also the funny thing because is Richard T. Joker is not in
3: yet. He doesn't enter. Yet. Well, he's mentioned at the yeah. end there, uh, but no, yes, he's not. But uh, this movie is though more comic booky and a little more um, pulpy and
2: silly than the dark Knight, which I love. And here I'm going to get this right out of the way. Go ahead. I personally prefer hey. Batman begins to dark Knight. Don't at me, bro. I'm not going to argue. It's a better movie. It comes down to personal preference. I like the fact that this movie is more comic booky. I think it gives it more latitude. I think they're both
3: good. I think I like The Dark Knight more because I just don't think we'll ever see a movie like that again. That movie's crazy. I Agreed. like this movie a lot. I've seen it a bunch of times because I saw it in theaters a million yeah. times and then I just had it on DVD and we'd watch it in college watch over all the and over again. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, the other thing, the other thing I like about this movie, and this just gets down to my personal preference. Is I like that this movie is really about Batman. Right. This is a Batman movie, whereas The Dark Knight is less of a Batman movie. And almost every Batman movie that's ever been made is more about the villain than it is about Batman. I'm I'm like running through the in my head. Yes. You know? 100%. Um, But this is the one that really is about Batman and Bruce Wayne as a character. Yeah. I find Batman to be a very interesting character, especially in all his contradictions, it's it's especially true, like, I'm now I'm just thinking about, like, when you think about the four,
3: you know, Burton Universe yeah. movies, whatever you want to call them, they have, like, lots of scenes of the villains. Yes. The villains have, like, parallel A-plots. Right. Whereas in this, obviously, you have a couple scenes with the Scarecrow on his yeah. own, where, like, not so much.
2: Like, but very the, little. And, you know, Richard T. Joker does in Dark Knight, and and Michael yes. K. Bane does in The Dark Knight Rises. For sure. But in this film, it really is. Like, it's all about... Right. No, you're go ahead. It's all about Batman's Christopher J. Batman.
3: No, oh, please.
2: Uh, but of
3: course, the sequels are going to do that anyway because, like, you've done the work right. on the leg like, right. work on Batman. But
2: I just, my personal preference, I like a movie that's burrowing into Batman's head and trying to explain piece by piece. And this movie does such a fucking good job of that. So let's let's just get straight into it. Swear to me, I swear, I that's swear the, this that's movie that's does my a good favorite job. Scene in the
3: Movie with Mark Boone Junior. I love that he gets Mark Boone
2: Junior. back too. in. What a what a what a job he does um okay so the movie starts with bats (laughs) flying around and they make like a bat logo and then they just disperse fly away
3: which again like think about the schumacher movies start with these like incredibly long title sequences with the score where like each actor's name like swoops in and then like it's like and like in Batman and Robin the Warner Brothers logo gets frozen. Right. Well, in the right, Batman Forever it like turns into a bat In Batman and Robin it gets frozen. Oh my god. And like you know they, I, I, I really love those movies. We've got to talk about them.
2: I feel like we could do an entire episode that's just on movies that customize the studio logo. Oh, my, one of my favorite things. Because it always feels more important. Like even if the movie's bad it's like the studio was really betting on no, this movie. No but then I get mad if the movie's
3: bad and I'm like exactly. you customized your logo for the mummy? No! No I say no! Did they? No they they have the dark universe okay. logo. Which is even worse though because it's like you have your universe yeah, and then like the universe the earth Oh, it's dark. And it like reverses like the universe, ah! the words spin out, the words spin away, and then like from the other side comes in like dark
2: universe. See, I would have liked it if it was the universal globe, and then suddenly bandages start wrapping. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. That's the kind of stuff I like. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, you know when we'll know like there's been real revolutions when someone messes with the Netflix logo. Yeah, you know the yeah. like, someone like does something weird to that.
2: Maybe they'll do that with uh, Bright. They'll make it twisted. <laughs> 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 they'll start out like Netflix and then they will come out like Flitnecks because <laughs> they twisted it. Uh, swear to me, I will. Uh, fuck. Um. So- oh. How dare you? So uh, you told me to swear to fair you. Enough, fair enough, fair enough, um, The film starts out with bats, and then we see young Bruce Wayne. Uh,
3: yes, who plays young Bruce Wayne? Uh, played a boy by, who is clearly British. Uh, you, well, this film was mostly shot in yes. London. In, in London.
2: In London town. You
3: sound like you're from London. Gus Lewis is young Bruce Wayne. He is British, right? Uh, he is
2: an English actor. He does a good American accent, but you can tell he's putting a little too much... Uh, yeah, his foot's a little too heavy on the gas with certain American words. Apart from this, he's in the movie Asylum,
3: you know. But that's it. Okay. Um, but um, uh, it was this movie was mostly shot in London. They mm-hmm. built the Bat Cave in Shepherd Studios. They built a lot of the set, and obviously, then the city stuff is
2: Chicago. Chicago, Chicago, big Chicago. No, little Chicago. Fuck big Chicago right. is Academy Award nominee Michael oh, Shannon. No. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I screwed it up. Um, he's running away. He's playing a game with his uh the the local the help's daughter. Rachel Dawes. Rachel Dawes. The gardener's daughter. Uh, yes. uh, they're hanging out in the greenhouse. They're chasing each other. And then he walks over an unstable patch of wooden boards and falls into a cavern and is attacked by bats. Which is a scene that Burton had done. Yeah. It's a scene
3: that Schumacher does in Batman Forever. And it's a scene that Zack Snyder does in Batman versus Superman where he's like lifted up by the bats. Yep. Remember that?
2: Yes, I do. Now, the complaint, uh-huh. of course, is do we need to see this again? And I think this is great. This is the movie where you need to see it again because this movie and it's also this movie is all about the building blocks. It's all about giving you every little piece. So by the time he wears that suit, you get it all. Yes.
3: I would say I love this movie, but even in this movie, when he puts on the suit, you still have to make the leap of logic. But I think that's fine. It's I a, think there's it's a, a final superhero.
2: leap, but they've explained every
3: piece. And they've done a better job of it for sure than just being like he saw a bat once, so he's Batman. You get it? Right. All right. Thanks. You know, which is a, a 1930s comic book way of doing it, which I'm also fine with. But right. Um, he's
2: doing something different, and so then immediately cuts to bearded Bruce Wayne in a jail. In- yes. In. Asia. <laughs>
3: yes. In, in it's actually supposed to be Bhutan. Okay. Uh the small Tibetan, you know, uh adjacent kingdom. Yeah. But uh I it's all it's just it's just your bog standard mystical Asian country. Right. Sure.
2: And this was like immediately I was on board with the movie watching it at this point because I was just like, This is such a weird place to introduce us to Bruce Wayne. Sure. Like already this movie's throwing you off the hump. Yeah. Um now Goyer tries to replicate this exact same script structure for Man of Steel.
3: Uh, Man of Steel. Oh, uh, sure, right, right. Where you're right. cutting back and you're forth between for the first Childhood
2: hour. origin. Childhood origin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. But the problem with Man of Steel is by picking those two poles, you're missing all the interesting stuff, which is when. Clark Kent kind of comes into his power.
3: Let's not talk about Man of Steel. Not going to. But I
0: agree with you.
2: But I'm going to say what's brilliant about this movie is the childhood stuff gives you the emotional background. Yeah. And then you get the stuff that's leading up to him becoming Batman. And the movie just glosses over the stuff you don't need to see agreed, Uh, but also the Superman and Batman arcs are just very different. Very different, right. I'm saying-
3: Superman's about like a hero who's being given a mantle. Batman, he has to make the mantle for himself. Exactly. So
2: this structure works for Batman because you're seeing everything that happens before he ever becomes Batman. With Superman to apply that structure to it, you're missing a lot of key steps.
3: Yes. Also, it's about a man in prison, right? At a low ebb, intentionally low ebb, who is- trying to sort of put together, like, why, how did I get here? Right. What do I want to do? Right. And it's like, part A. It's like a I'm teen tour gone wrong.
2: I mean, that's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> right. Part A, I'm afraid of bats. Yeah. Part B,
3: I want to be a ninja. Yeah. Part C, my parents die. Oh, my God, I love this movie. This is so
2: goofy. <laughs> it is. It's great. It's the best combination of, like, really, like, self-serious yeah, yeah, yeah. logic and just goofiness.
3: I agree. So... He's in prison. He's fighting with prisoners. He's just you know he just taking apart he because of course in the movie this lean the movie leans on this heavily like Batman fights criminals right? right why would someone be so interested in fighting criminals like yes and like isn't the idea like he's in this prison because he enjoys fighting the criminals yes I guess and the
2: other element I like of it is that you know this thing about Batman being this very Republican conservative hero when you really examine his ideals. This is a place where I think this movie deconstructs that and tries to work around that because, like, this is a Bruce Wayne who actively resents his wealth and his privilege. Sure. And feels like it disconnects him from the actual troubles of the world. Okay. And I think him ending up in this jail is A, he wants to fight criminals, but B also it's an extrapolation of him just trying to find his place in the world and try to get as far right. away from his shit but as it,
3: possible. As Ducard points out, like it is the
2: pulp's common people. He's like, You're not really a criminal because you could just leave your sh which, which is why he becomes Batman, because he realizes this is a lie, what he's doing right sure, now. Right, right, there is right, a way right. to weaponize his privilege weaponize and his still
3: privilege, oh boy, here we go. You know what I'm
2: saying? So Ducard Use it shows for up. good
3: rather Liam than try to deny it. Liam Neeson. Who had not yet made Taken. No. But this is the beginning of his road to Taken, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. Uh, sort I mean, of
3: like self-serious gravitas. I'm going to say so something controversial. Mess. All what? right. I'm going to say that. Uh, I think Liam Neeson's the worst thing about this movie. Oh, my God. I couldn't agree more.
2: I couldn't disagree more. Sorry. Fair enough.
3: I know that's not to say that he's bad because I yeah. like everything. In I the love movie. him in this. Yeah. I mean, OK, maybe. I guess Katie Holmes is. is I is, think she's fine. I think she's in fine. This. Exactly. Yeah. I think Neeson is great in the first part. When he comes back, I'm kind of like a
2: little sick of him. I love it. I he's love good. this performance. He's, he's good. So you know who they originally offered the role to? Uh, guy Pierce, Descartes? Yeah, but who else? Gary Oldman. Oh sure. And sure, Gary sure, Oldman sure. said, "I don't want to play the villain. I've done this too many times."
3: Uh, yes, he, no you're, right, went, you're right.
2: You're huh, right. What if you play the good guy?
3: And I mean, what a what a great choice that was. <sighs> yeah.
2: The minute you see him, you're like. <sighs> I think he's secretly the best performance in this movie.
3: Uh, everyone's good in the movies.
2: But, I agree. Uh, he's but he's great. really fucking good in this one. Yeah. Um. He's anyway, in, he's great in all of them. Well, he's great in the first two. Yeah. Uh, Neeson comes into his jail cell. Neeson comes in and, he's and just like, calls his bullshit. Because you're fucking on, Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne. You can get Wayne. it. Come on. Yeah, come, come on. on. Yeah, come on. Flips him a bird. Says a legend, Mister Wayne. Yes. A legend, Mister Wayne. Yeah. That's where I'm. Sometimes I'm like, okay, Liam. All right. See, I love all it. Right. I love. Here's what I like about this performance, and this could be the most controversial thing I've ever said on this show. That's going to be hard to, to do, but okay. Ready? Yeah. I like that he's putting too much paprika on the sandwich. Oh, that is controversial. I think Neeson knows exactly what he's doing. That he I, is, in this I, movie, I the bridge right. between the self-serious ambitions of the movie and the pulpier origins of the material. Uh, that's fine. I, I'm into that. I, 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 It's fine. He's good. I think he's really good. I j- and he's got a really, you know, here's here's the thing with Liam Neeson. He's just got a musicality to his voice, right? He's got a great voice. There's a depth of feeling to everything he says, but also a weird rhythm to how he delivers dialogue, which especially when you're doing these long kind of monologues about philosophy, he just kind of makes this shit sing. It's I got agree. a rhythm That's to it. That's the thing. I agree. You can he boogie. makes it
3: great, but some you can boogie along to it. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you're like... A little sick of his whole like we burned rooms. I was the gonna say that's the line. You know, that's like, the line
2: where if you lose, if you lose yeah. your faith in the performances, <laughs> yeah, but right, see, right. I love that line delivery. You from took London my, to the ground.
3: You took London. Sorry, yeah. you took my uh, advice about theatricality a bit literally. Yeah. Like, see, okay, I, I love it. buddy. I love it. All right, Because uh, uh, I would say uh what obviously what the Dark Knight has going for it is it's got better villains. Uh, of course of course uh, but this has great villains and so what I like to, about the movie is that it's not really about the villain right and that's I think that's a good argument so yeah. he comes in he's like look you want to be a real ninja you can come talk to me I live on the highest mountain in the Himalayas
2: right. bring me a blue flower see you later right and Bruce Wayne's like can I just follow you there and nope. he's like no you need to give me a head start of like two weeks <laughs> so he climbs up the mountains as I was telling
3: Ben off mic this was shot in yeah great music uh, Hans Zimmer
2: and James Newton Howard. Which is another thing I like about this movie. Uh, go ahead. Because Hans Zimmer gets very famous for his Dark Knight score and the, yes. and the Batman themes. Yes. But this movie has this, this dialogue between it the does. two composers where Hans Zimmer is kind of doing the Batman music. James Newton Howard who I think is a more emotional composer. He's doing
3: the more the Bruce classic Wayne. orchestral music. And he's he's
2: really representing Hans the Bruce Zimmer's Wayne character. Fucking with it. He yes. does the emotional stuff. And then we, Hans Zimmer does the action stuff, the scale stuff, and someone tweeted at us, I hope you'll talk about the fact that certain tracks on the Batman Begins score sound like Unbreakable rejects. They do. That's cuz James Newton Howard also did the Unbreakable score and it's the same he's kind of He's night Shyamalan's
3: guy. Right. Uh, and then in Dark Knight, you know, Hans Zimmer was like I'm going to do Joker, you do Batman. Yeah, and that's and I love that too because in Dark Knight, uh, it's Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer, I just like that he messes with himself every time. Yeah, he it's he's good with these
2: scores. Sometimes he can lean on boring shit, but like he wants to fuck with his. Nolan pushes him, I think, in interesting directions. Um, okay, so now trek, 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 and you're getting these gorgeous fucking landscape shots, and this is where that that sort of Christopher Nolan. Let's go back to the '70s blockbuster aesthetic. It's like this movie has like a fucking veracity to it. Like even if it's about goofy Batman, it's like you're seeing these fucking landscapes and these huge, these vistas, you know, and it's just gorgeous it,
3: details. I mean he he's very wise to you know do a lot of location shooting. Yeah. Do real sets. Yeah. Lean away from the '90s aesthetic of like these Art Deco kind of like right. you know uh, made up location. And and it's this is all like
2: real. 175 million dollar movie, which was huge at the time. Like you had one fifty is what I see. I think it crept up. Yeah, I remember yeah. hearing it was getting a 170. Who knows? But uh, a lot of that is just spent on, like, we're going to fucking fly the whole crew yeah, out to the as, mountains.
3: I think we mentioned on Insomnia, you know, he doesn't do second unit. He right. does everything himself. Yeah. Uh, oh, blessed O'Tor Chris Nolan, we salute you. And
2: here's this montage of him, like, trekking to find these places. And, like, it was... It would have been so easy to just green screen a couple shots of Christopher Nolan hiding well, or uh, Christian Bale. Know. You know what I'm saying? No, but you can tell. Christopher that he's... Nolan plays yes, Batman. In he himself. does. He plays Richard T. J. Batman. I'm <laughs> fucking up my own jokes. You I'm are. so tired today. Why okay. are you so tired? Do you I'm stressed out. out. Just
3: take a. No one should
2: make a TV show. Yeah, Bartman. He goes to ninja camp. He gets there. And here is Academy Award nominee Ken Watanabe, who's been set up as the chief villain of this new Batman. He league. was
3: announced to be playing R- R- Rash Al-Ghul. Which Rash is already Al-Ghul. a weird
2: choice to make, like, you know, you're rebooting Batman, you're not going with any of the classics, you're going with Scarecrow, and Rash Al-Ghul is the primary antagonist. But I really do think
3: that was partly the studio being like, you can't do Joker, yeah. you can't do Catwoman, because they've been done too recently. Yeah. And I really do think it's funny that that's how they thought, because obviously now it's like, what? Do Joker. This do was very much still that
2: culture where, like, if someone's been done, you can't do it again. Not for a while. As opposed to Fox, like, now threatening to make Fantastic Four for the third time.
3: Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, it is, Ra- Ra's al Ghul is usually, like, Egyptian. He's Middle Eastern.
2: Yeah, it's always uh, kind of vague. He,
3: well, when he was, come. you know, he, he was basically like a Fu Manchu villain back when he was created. Correct. And he's been sort of, obviously, like many, a comic book villain, uh, you know sort of Redconned toned to down. Be yes.
2: Slightly woker.
3: <laughs> um but uh he's like a a mastermind, a criminal mastermind who's the head of the League of Shadows, but also he's like a practitioner of the dark arts. Right.
2: His big thing is he's got these Lazarus pits where he can constantly bring himself back to life, so he's sure. immortal. And I remember everyone being He's like- the
3: closest to like Lex Luthor that Batman has in his rogues gallery cuz he's definitely Often like behind the scenes, pulling yes. the
2: strings. Right. Well, and then the other big element, which we'll get to a this couple his episodes daughter. from now, is yeah. daughter Talia, Batman's, you know. One you know, of his squeezes. He wants to give her the D. <laughs> he wants to give her the Dark Knight. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to talk to you anymore. Tumblr, he barely knows
3: her. <laughs> you got me back. All right, okay. He goes to Ninja Camp. Yes. Ken Watanabe who had indeed was a legend of Japanese cinema who had just been nominated for The Last Samurai mm-hmm. which he's great in a bad movie that he's great in he's mm-hmm. always great yeah he's a great actor. honestly this is maybe his worst performance in an American film because he doesn't have much to do
2: he has very little to do i mean and he, i love that Nolan
3: yeah. really does repay him with his role in inception which is my favorite thing about inception we yeah. can talk about it on the inception episode a favor a promise between two friends we're going to we're going to talk all about it
2: yeah but he's he's kind of a MacGuffin. He's a misdirect in this movie. And you have him. He is,
3: spoiler alert, Liam Neeson's the real Rossicle. Right.
2: Uh, I, I revealed
3: the spoiler. On uh, break, break. Uh,
2: You have him. Finger.
3: Uh- Finger. <laughs> ben, ben just got actively annoyed. Yeah, go ahead. I sit next to Ben now so I can see him mark things on the console. <laughs> Swear
0: to me. <laughs> Fuck.
1: Do I look like a cop?
0: I love Shit. saying it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so he has uh, Ken Watanabe dressed up in this sort of like, you know, more grounded version of a Rashal Gold costume, which sure, is red robes. But it's and, still ninja camp. Let's be clear. But he's looking. Yes. But that's the point. He's, he's looking a little more comical figure. And, right. And, uh, Sitting in a throne. Liam Neeson's just wearing a suit, and yeah, Liam kind Neeson's of like right, his like his, antagonistic mentor character,
3: his like chief operating officer, where he's like, right. "Welcome to Ninja Camp." And uh, Rasha Ghoul isn't talking at all. He's just sitting in a throne. Once, once in a while, he sort of talks in Japanese for a second, right, and then yeah.
2: throws his cape over his shoulder and <laughs> yeah. walks away. See you later. And Ducard is just like, "Hey, welcome." Now, guess what? I'm gonna fucking kick I'm gonna your kick ass.
3: You. Death does not wait for you, or whatever. He's gonna he yells at him.
2: Yes. And, and then, he's like, uh, "You want to want to be a Batman? I'll help you." Right. So he and this is, you know, Nolan likes, especially in these
3: movies, especially starting with this movie, yeah. to like make everything come back later. And like yeah. everything Batman learns at Ninja Camp is referenced one more
2: time, if not two more books. times. He's a he's a he, puzzle filmmaker. Even when he stops thing, making films, we talked a
3: lot about, a lot with about it with Amy yeah. Nicholson, yeah. where in the Memento episode, where it's like he loves. And
2: I feel like audiences love to be like, oh, I see, I see the line. And, and that's the thing. He makes people feel smart because he doesn't say it. He shows it. He shows it very clearly. Exactly. But you give yourself so credit got, for like, putting the pieces together. So when there's the, sword like, fighting on the ice and you see the sword get caught in his gauntlets and you go like, oh, that's why Batman's arms are designed that weird way. Because he was like, oh, that's a cool ninja thing.
3: And then the whole thing with like deception and theatricality. All and- of that. And I'm just like um, jizzing in my like, seat. Yeah, as like a 15-year-old,
2: 16-year-old, I was like, this is the best, theatricality and deception. and then Powerful a, tools. But then more, powerful
3: than, weapons. more than anything, there's this idea of fear yes. as something that you conquer and then something that you can use against people yeah. to be scary because like... I think it's something that had basically been forgotten. Probably in all of the Burton movies, maybe yeah. a little bit in the first Batman. It's there, but like he just Batman, becomes a detective who wears a bat costume right, for some reason. the thing. It's like the whole point of him dressing up as a bat is to frighten people. Like right. he's supposed to be this like specter who like yeah. you know haunts criminals at night. Like the whole idea of Batman is you're afraid to do crime at night because like the Batman will be there.
2: I think Burton rationalizes it by taking this angle of he's just a guy losing his mind then that's great like it's uh, a disassociative a thing that's a great yeah angle. he just doesn't know what is going on in this suit is the only thing that keeps him sane it's like a security blanket for sure um, but then you get to schumacher and it doesn't mean anything the costume doesn't mean i mean anything. that's what i love about batman and robin like i said where it's like yeah. oh we're opening the new
3: opera house batman do come by yeah <laughs> we're gonna have an auction go on a date with batman or whatever like i mean it's just the best like, I really would love it if it was a scene where Batman's just like talking to like, you know, the planning commissioner about like something boring. Yeah. Alfred, I'm going to the bodega. Get me my costume.
2: But Master Wayne, you don't need to get me my costume. Well, I mean, but
3: that's Batman forever starts with that line where he's yeah. like, shall shall I make a sandwich? Sir? And he's like, I'll get drive
2: through. Yeah. It's a great line. That's like the, the line at the start of the movie. Yeah. The car. Chicks dig the car. I hate Batman Forever. David likes it.
3: I like both uh, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin.
2: I think Batman and Robin is interesting. I think Batman Forever is boring. When's the last time you watched it? I find that so crazy. I watched it like six months ago, and we fought about this. You're so crazy. It's so good. It's a dumb movie for yeah. It's real dumb. It's a dumbass movie. But I think (laughs) breaking news. I think Batman and Robin is at least dumb fun. I think Batman Forever is boring dumb. I think Batman Forever is more fun. I think Batman and Robin is
3: is honestly tough to watch. It's more fun in that kind of, like, I can't believe it, like, every time way. Like, because the action in Batman and Robin is, like, so... It's so bad. Partly because one of the villains is wearing a 140-pound metal suit. Hey, hey, David, chill out. Uh, So... And the other one's a
2: lady who can't, like, you know, who just sort of, like, walks around like this. Hey, hey, David, find out. Uh, So... He's now fully in the Descartes school of being a crazy magician fighter.
3: (laughs) It's true. His, like, graduation exam is, like, take some fear drugs and then, like, we're all going to get in line and attack you. It's
2: it's how well can you hold your shit.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Take this bong hit,
2: <laughs> and then open the chest of of pain and fear. I love the shit with them fighting on the ice, and it does feel like Ducard's becoming this weird father figure for him, even though it's obviously very different than how his right. father and was. We
3: should say, of course, you're cutting between these sequences yeah. and the flashbacks to Batman's father, uh, uh, Thomas played Wayne, beautifully, played by wonderfully Linus by Linus Roach. And I was saying to Joanna while we were watching it, like, right, this is the only movie. That makes him a character. That makes any effort to make either of his parents a character. This movie doesn't make any effort with his mother, unfortunately. But but, Uh, but, Thomas does. And it's so funny because, like, you know, in the Burton Batman, the death of his father is this very, like, theatrical thing. But that's partly because they're tying the Joker into it, right? Yeah. In the Snyder Batman the death is like this, I think we talked about it, you know, quasi pornographic scene. Yeah. Where Jeffrey Dean Morgan's got like a push broom mustache and he
2: like <laughs> shoots Martha <laughs> while the pearls are like, you know, it's this like yeah. execution murder and in 4DX. There's a ripple in the seat every time he gets shot. <laughs> and in this
3: movie, I think the um, murder scene is so, so well done. Really upsetting. Genuinely very upsetting. upsetting. It doesn't just it's feel like checking it off accident. the accident. Yes. It's just like a, bullshit nothing scene which is what it's kind of you know the original idea is just this you know this poor criminal Joe Chill looking and, for some money right
2: and I love I love the way that Thomas Wayne is characterized in this movie I mean they kind of he talks about his father the
3: idea is he's this like it's sort of like a, like he's a benevolent billionaire who's trying to help the city. He's almost like a Bill Gates figure. If Bill Gates was third generation old money, but you get this idea that like you know, even though he means well, it is sort of a half-hearted thing. Yeah, know, it's not going to do it all by itself because you have to believe that Batman thinks like it wasn't enough, right? To just like build he was some doing it all from the ivory tower. Right, he wasn't exactly.
2: getting his hands dirty, and that's that's what Bruce sees, right? But I think Linus Rush does a really good job playing the most difficult thing, which is just a good, simple person. Right. It's very hard to play an unconflicted person. I, I agree. No, I think he does a, a terrific job. I um, uh, love Linus. And I love the way the city is visualized. It's obviously based the on Chicago Linus? here. Linus? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the city's visualized Yeah, really I mean, well. I love Linus Van Pelt, but he's a fucking nerd. He's a nerd. I mean, that's another ch- challenge is...
3: Uh, you know, you already had Anton First's iconic yep. Gotham. This you art have, deco
0: expression. Exactly.
3: And then you have like the cartoon does that too, sort of dials right. that up and Schumacher's dialing that up like, you know, can you do Gotham again? Like, he's what adding do more you do? purple. Yeah. Every building is on the back of a giant statue.
2: Yeah. Right. And they holding each, it up. They each have their own designated spotlight with a different gel, <laughs> a different color gel <laughs> yes. directly in front of that building. Now that you pointed it out, it's sort of vaporwave. It I mean, is it's very, very.
3: Come on, it's 90s as shit. I mean, yeah. like, this is one thing I love about Batman Forever. The gangs that, like, are entirely in neon, and, like, somehow they all have, like, black lights on them at all. Yo, <laughs> yo, 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 but wait a second.
2: What if Batman vaped?
3: <laughs> he will. Mark
2: my words.
3: I mean, Ben Affleck vapes. There is no question.
2: When do they finally just decide, like, let's merge them? Okay, on the record, let's make a bet. That Batman vapes in Justice League. Uh, wait. wait what are the odds you're saying, or are yeah. we
3: just say declaring it's gonna happen?
2: What are the odds? Or declaring it's gonna happen? I'm gonna declare. I'm gonna declare. Two I'm to gonna one. go Griffy on the record.
3: <laughs> I have a question though. Yeah. Is it that
1: it's gonna be uh like branded, like a sponsored thing, or is it gonna be the Bat Vape?
2: I think it's gonna be neither. I think it's gonna be generic vape technology, but the idea is just oh, it's a character detail. The a Bat Vape. I, yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, okay, anyway,
2: so he learns to be a ninja. He graduates from ninja school. I'm just moving us there's along. There's the How scene I love five about, hours in. About an hour. Yeah. yeah, there's the scene I love on the ice after yeah, they fought. Yeah, kept talking about the ice when he kicks him no, into but, the— No, but when he's warming up afterwards and Liam Neeson talks about his classic Christopher Nolan dead wife.
3: Yeah, he's like, I had a wife once. My great
2: love. Yeah. She right. was taken from me. Right. And you yeah. see, He's okay. explaining why he, how he hates criminals so much. But the flip side of the coin. This is a guy who had his love taken from him in his life. And, he has a and very t-
1: specific set of
2: skills. Right. It, Th- right. Thank you, man. Skills that make him a nightmare for Batman like Batman. <laughs> um, he is the opposite side of the coin. He is a man who uh, became focused on uh, anger and vengeance. Uh-huh. And Batman is trying to prevent these things from happening again. I agree. Descartes is trying to make them happen, again. right?
3: Because of course, the final test in his graduation is here we go. Here's a thief who yep. murdered someone, some you know local schmo. Yep. you gotta chop his head off. Here's a
2: sword. He's like, you he should, you should be under, you should experience a trial, a fair trial. And he goes, right? From bat- what corrupt judges, yeah. lawyers?
3: Yeah. yeah. He's like, we burned London
2: to the ground. Yeah. Burned London to
3: the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I am a thousand years old, Uh and. Uh, yeah, Liam Neeson's just like, yeah, you know, right? Bureaucracy, this is all shit, right? Like, our we are the ultimate judges. We know better. So, time for you to kill this guy. Batman they get in a big sets fight. Sets Batman sets it all burns on fire. His, his ninja hut. Down. He burns
2: London to the ground. <laughs> he does, and uh, he leaves uh, Rachel for dead. He does. Oh, he also briefly fights
3: Ken Watanabe. They have like a 30-second sword fight. Which they
2: used all 30 of those seconds in the trailer to make it seem like this movie is him fighting Ken Watanabe. And then Ken Watanabe is killed by a falling beam. Yes. Oh, no. Perfectly placed. (laughs) (laughs) Watch out for the beam, immortal crime legend. (laughs) You get the one close-up of the blood coming out of the side of his mouth so you know he's dead. The movie never has to think about him ever again. Right. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. Look out, a beam. (laughs) He saves uh, Ducard for falling over the Swear cliff. Swear to cliff. Beam! Fuck you, Beam! He saves Ducard for falling off a cliff. Yeah. Leaves uh, him passed out. Yeah, he does him a real solid, burns
3: his house down, kills all his friends, leaves him on the side of a mountain. Thanks, Bruce.
2: Real cool. Then he calls up Alfred,
3: his butler, who we've already met. Let's
2: just say the other stuff we've seen up until this point is, you know. So many nice scenes. He goes back home from college.
3: No, but we also seen the scene right after his parents are dead when Alfred hugs him. So did I, Mr. Wayne. Uh, So did I. He's done this great. So Alfred been played by Michael Goff in the first four movies where he is a stereotypical English butler guy. I, I love Michael
2: Goff. Right, but he was playing very much the archetypal butler character. Uh, yes. And in this movie, Christopher Nolan said, what if we hire the greatest screen actor of all time? (laughs) Well,
3: I mean, and right, this was part of Batman Begins marketing for sure. It's like Nolan, uh, you know, and like the billing is like, all the actors above the title, not like Christian Bale, Batman, Midler, right. the, you know, the, he's the credit he's block. assembled is like a big group. eight actors, right? Because he got Kane, Neeson, Kay Holmes, Gary Oldman, uh, Morgan. Freeman. He got Morgan
2: Freeman being the yeah, fucking Morgan Freeman in weapons, in the weapons guy, guy right? right? Yeah, it's yeah like, exactly. That's when I was like, the bench on this movie is so fucking. He deep. gets the and. Yeah, Freeman. He gets his and. Well, I want to play the credit game with you. Okay, sure. This. Yeah, um, but uh, the billing game rather. Billing game. Um, but but there's the moment when you are first introduced to Alfred and they do a loving close up. The camera pushes in as right Alfred the by the way. Right, past yeah. He's like a, 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 on cockney, a cockney, a uh, right. cockney, lovely. And now it's gentleman. Michael Caine and the score swells mm-hmm. and the movie's just going like we know we got a real never we got a powerhouse here. We got Michael Caine playing awesome. Alfred. This movie's going the next fucking level. I mean, we've all seen the trip, right? You know, yeah. come on, he's the best in these. But movies. Alfred, like, this is the first time that Alfred in a movie is like a real fucking character. Uh, yes, although Batman and Robin has, he's the linchpin of Batman and Robin's plot. Right. He's
3: not sick, he's dying. He has, uh, McGregor's disease, or whatever it's called. Yeah,
2: Ewan McGregor infects him.
3: (laughs) He has sex with Ewan McGregor, and he gets the deadly McGregor virus. I know. Um. So yeah, we've got that, and then we yeah we have grown up.
2: Bruce comes he's back not home grown from up, college, so like, right? Like
3: college. Bruce. He's snotty.
2: Wayne Manor is all covered in gray. His, his hair's all like down and flat. They do a really good job. They do. That. They make him look like his a little shithead. His clothes shit don't head. fit him really well. He meets up again with Katie Holmes. No, but he's yeah, now, he sees right.
3: Alfred and he's like, Wayne Manor sucks. And Alfred's like, Well, I'm you know watching out for it, you know. Yeah. He meets up with Katie Holmes, who's like, a, is she already an assistant DA or?
2: No, I think she's still living there because she's supposed to, I, I, I think she's in college, whatever, whatever. They're both in college. But like that's she's still in Gotham. They though. go
3: to the, the 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 Joe Chill. Is that happening then? or Correct. is that
2: Correct. And and yes. Bruce Wayne's plan is I'm going to shoot Joe Chill right. at the, the hearing. The murder of his parents. So Bruce Wayne has this right. He's it's only come simple. back home for the hearing. It's know, He's up for a uh, fucking uh, release.
3: No, he's being released because he's testifying against Carmine Falcone, the head of the mob. Snitching. Uh, And so Bruce goes, and yes, his plan is I will shoot this man because that's Bruce's conception right now of fighting crime. is like, what if I kill the guy who shot my parents? Won't that make me feel better? Yeah. And uh, instead, the mob shoots Joe Chill.
2: Before he even gets the chance. Bruce is there with the gun. He's ready to do it.
3: And then he tells Katie Holmes he was going to do it, and she gives him a
2: slap in the face. And is this the point where she gives him a tour of the Narrows?
3: Uh, yeah, because I love the Narrows. The Narrows. So it's like the conception of Chi- of Gotham is like Chicago, but with Crime Island in the middle <laughs> yes, of it. Which is amazing.
2: <laughs> and it's like this old, weird shanty town. Right. That's just all brown and poop colored <laughs> and gross. Yeah. And uh, Prince Joffrey lives there. Yes. Baby Joff.
3: And like the, the, the monorail goes through there, but I guess it's like...
2: It,
0: it
3: express stops. It goes through yeah, very quickly. Right.
2: It's looking over its shoulder a lot as it's <laughs> steering through. And Kitty Holmes is like, "This is real Gotham." I'm committing my right. life Kay to Holmes fighting is for like, this. I kind want to rebuild shit. this through the law. You know, and right. she this was your ADA. father's idea, and it's Rachel crumbled. Rachel
3: Dawes, which I believe she did, it was just an
2: invented character for these movies, right? I believe so. Yeah, there's not like a Rachel Dawes in the car. I don't think so. They might have put one in later. He reveals the thing about the gun. She slaps him. In She's the face. mad at him. She drops him off. She goes, Look, this is where all the fat cats hang out. And he goes into the bar, and it's Falcone. It's the judge. It's these gross cops. It's everybody. Yes. And he so, tries to face Falcone, and Falcone is like, You're some rich kid. You're the son of Bruce Wayne. You'd have to go 100,000 miles to find someone who doesn't know your face. Which no, gives well, him the idea you got to go to the Himalayas. No, but we got to talk about this scene. Because
3: I knew that Tom Wilkinson had been cast to play Carmine Falcone. Isn't even above the title. it's not, in not that credible? No, block. he's not. Because it's not like a huge role. He's, he's a got like Academy Award five. nominee. He is. Uh, for a yeah. great performance in, yeah. in the Bedroom and later nominated again for Michael Clayton. Right. And I knew the comics well enough and I loved The Long Halloween, which Carmine Falcone's a big it's part the principal of. principal kind of antagonist, really. Uh, and I know that Carmine Falcone is supposed to be a, you know, Don Corleone-esque. Yes. And so I remember even in 2005 being like, Tom Wilkinson. That is cast, bizarre. Like, Gandolfini or yeah, exactly. Danny Aiello
2: or some very obvious. Yeah.
3: And that scene where he sits down in the bar and Falcone's basically like, you're a snotty rich kid points the gun at him. Yeah. And says, you like, don't know.
2: You're always a scared, afraid of what you don't understand. Great. Amazing. He's fantastic in this movie. So good.
3: Uh, I love every scene of his I love that scene I love the, the I'm Batman scene and yeah. I love the scene where Scarecrow fucks with him where he's like okay. Doc, Doc I can't take it I'm yeah, going blah, crazy blah, blah, blah he's,
2: he's such an underrated actor I agree Love you Tom I was gonna say he should've won for Michael Clay, but that was one of the fiercest best supporting actor categories in a long time Who, who won that year? Bardem I mean, You that, also that have An Hal unbeatable Holbrook. performance
3: Yeah Holbrook's great but I mean he, look he's got those baguettes
2: He's got those baguettes
3: that's and, the baguettiest performance of all. Time. I know, but, but until, he had his baguettes here. Yeah. No, no, he had some ciabatta.
1: Yeah, <laughs> 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 ciabatta.
3: No, all right. So, right. So after this rude awakening to Gotham's crime and the complexity of fighting a, he, a criminal enterprise, he
2: gives his coat to a homeless man. He gives his coat to a homeless man
3: played by uh, I can't say his name, but he's he's, he's Rod Rod Sherbega. Sherbega yeah. a, you know the he's Serbian the main actor in taken 2. love him. Uh, is he Serbian? I want to get that right. I think so. Uh, he's a Croatian actor. Okay, I'm never sorry. Mind.
2: I'm sorry. Uh, and then he boards a boat. Boards a boat, and goes now off two to crime. The timelines are kind of converging. <laughs> uh, there's one moment I do want to spotlight that we move past, which is uh, after Tom and Martha Wayne are shot, you know, and, and Thomas Wayne's trying to just crisis management the situation, but it gets out of hand. And in panic, Joe Chill shoots them. Sure, we we yeah. Right. Uh, then he goes to the police station. And Gary Oldman is the kindly cop. Who's there? Sergeant? Uh, what the fuck Jim is his Gordon. name? Jim Gordon, Jesus. And he's the one guy who's kind of dealing with this kid in a human level. And there's a moment I love where the the chief of police, I guess. The comes commissioner. In. Right, the uh, commissioner. Uh, played
3: by Colin McFarlane, who is, like, I think he's an English actor yeah. who I mostly know from, like, sitcoms and stuff. Oh, really? And he so he usually talks like this. Yeah. And it's really funny because, obviously, he's cast just because they were shooting in England, yeah. right? Right. right. Uh, I don't know if, like, uh, Nolan knew him or anything. Yeah. But it's just, he's he's odd in these. He's in The Dark Knight as well. Yeah, he's weird. He's got that really forced, odd American
2: accent. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's there, and he's like, we got him. Right, that's the moment I love, is he comes... Right. Son, we got good news for you. And Bruce Wayne looks up, and then he goes, We got him. We found the guy. And it's a great moment of like, it's it's a small little thing, but that if you're a kid and your parents have just been murdered and someone walks in and says, We got good news for you. Sure. You're expecting they're going to say, You found the Lazarus dead. pit. Right. But instead it's like, we caught the guy. Yeah, and who, it's like, that's not fucking, fucking mean anything. Right. right. And it's this whole journey of the movie of him trying to figure out what is the kind of revenge that is satisfying, you know? Right. It's not... It's not getting revenge. It's preventing these things from happening in the first place. Yes. Okay, so now the two timelines have converged. He One. comes back. Alfred picks him up in the private jet.
3: Makes a bunch of great jokes. Makes some great jokes about you can have the roles if you want. Right, because you know, he had declared Bruce dead. dead. Right. No, no, no. Rucker Howard declared Oh, dead. yes. Rucker Hauer, the first of so many reclamation projects for Christopher Nolan. Yeah. You've got Beringer, Eric Roberts. I think we Matthew talked about Modine. this. Matthew Modine. Matthew Modine. Who else? Uh, God, there's an obvious one that I'm forgetting.
2: Inception. Uh, not Inception. Inception as uh, Right, right. I was going to say, um, Interstellar doesn't really have one. It's got a couple partial, like, John Lithgow isn't quite a redemption guy.
3: No, no, who are you gonna- Oh, Topher Grace? Uh, yes, but, you know, Wes Bentley.
2: Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. It's just weird because usually He's his redemption young, right.
3: projects are guys who peaked in the 80s. I know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but this is definitely uh, one of his '80s redemption projects. Uh, yeah, is uh, Rucker
2: Hauer is William Earl, the new CEO of Wayne Enterprise. And he's always said the Blade Runner was his favorite movie of all time, and that's yes. his kind of Blade Runner tip of the hat. Uh, William Earl, who sucks.
3: Uh, he's he's bad.
2: He's yeah. a he's a shitty CEO, right?
3: Um, you know who should be CEO? Lucius Fox.
2: Okay, this guy played rolls. by Morgan Freeman. So Bruce Wayne
3: shows up. Shows up at Wayne Enterprises. And he's, and he's like, I'm just back, like, baby. And William Earl's like, nice to see you. We're going public. Uh, so I guess that'll make you even richer than before. Yeah. But uh, we're kind of just doing our thing here. Nice to see you. Like, you know.
2: And he's like, what about applied
3: sciences? And he's like, Lucius? Okay, he's down in the basement where no one sees what he's up to. Right. And immediately Lucius Fox is like, I don't know. I got like this bat suit. I got a Batmobile. <laughs> I, I got a bunch, wings. Of, yeah, a bunch of shit. I sort of been like, we were going to make all these Batman. <laughs>
2: but this is just like how Tony this movie is. It's like they could have cast fucking anyone to deliver that shit. But he was like, no, why not hire one of the best actors alive <laughs> yeah. to explain coming, the technology?
3: Coming off an Oscar win or I mean, right. the year before he wins yeah. this Oscar for million right. dollar baby. Right. I mean, maybe he had already. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's like you, you got Morgan Freeman batting cleanup in yep. this movie. Yeah. He's great. Yeah.
3: he's great isn't he he's great he
2: rules in this. he's great I mean, Lucius he, Fox is the best fucking and like, guy that's the
3: thing he has to deliver these lines where he's like oh what this old cloth well you put an electric current through it it turns into and it's like like if
2: someone does that wrong you're like
3: the fuck electric cloth what
2: the yeah. fuck are you talking about that's right. not a thing this is a movie full of uh, a cast full of actors who have such supreme control over tone sure and know exactly where to pitch stuff yep we Wilkinson can,
3: Killian Murphy yeah. Oldman because yeah.
2: Right, they're all going a little big But still being sort of grounded, behavioral, with a little bit of tongue in cheek. Just a little bit of tongue in that cheek. David, for the listener at home, has put a little bit of tongue in his cheek. A little saucy tongue. Um, Okay, so now now everything's converged. We're in the present day. And Bruce Wayne, you know, has explained to Alfred on the plane, I got to become something bigger. I got to become a symbol. I got to strike fear into the hearts. Of yes. everything that's wrong in Gartham. Gartham. In Gartham. In Gartham. Bartman. Uh, so he becomes
3: the Bartman. Yeah. <laughs> no, so like, with Lucius, he starts. Uh, and oh, no, another thing he does is he goes into the caves yes. below Wayne Manor. He confronts his own fear. Finds a bunch of bats. See, this is. And a waterfall. Yep. This is my thing. Guys. Oh, here comes Ben. He's roaring in. Uh, in the like, Benmobile. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> All
1: right, so, yeah, he's afraid of bats. Right it's this representation of his fear that he wants to instill in his enemies. Right, and it's
3: of the moment his parents died, right? Right, you know, there's a lot yeah, of symbolism
1: sure. there, but I had this thought,
2: Is it technically afraid of the opera?
3: Look, Ben's not wrong.
2: That's the scariest thing to him. He's afraid of the opera. He was at
3: a performance of Don Giovanni. Yeah. I <laughs>
2: had something that looked like bad ears.
3: No, it's the the people are tumbling down in black. No, but also there's that
2: great moment oh, yeah, right. right Don the Gi- silhouette right, of the yes.
3: guy, the horns on his head, But listen, you
1: can't go. You can't call him Opera Man. That's not. What if you Adam Sandler already had the the Phantom
2: of the Opera? Adam Sandler already had the copyright. You're right.
1: Okay, I was just gonna say though, there's potential for maybe a villain called Opera Man. Okay. Would he
3: be wet? Would
2: it be Sandler? (laughs) Would he be big? Uh,
3: Yes. I mean, what was your Batman character? Batman Murderer. Batman Murderer. (laughs) (laughs) Remember during the uh, Star Wars days, you had like. The 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 Jedi that was like a a, a man bat yeah Bat Pecky Bat Pecky right that yeah. was it yes yes yeah. Thank you. yeah yeah he's a he's a Batman <laughs> uh yeah I would love to see an opera man well let's be clear
2: I mean the opera killed Bruce Wayne's parents it did It's the damn opera yeah. uh
3: because usually it's Zorro like yes. that's the comic book thing was he was seeing Zorro at the theater
2: and then a fucking Batman vs Superman it's Empire Strikes Back. Isn't no, it? or no, it's Excalibur. It's, it's
3: like Excalibur or Sorcerer. They said it in the '80s. I think it's
2: Excalibur. Um, the Borman picture, I think. Uh, yeah, it's, I believe it's Excalibur. Yeah, you're right. Uh, uh, but yeah, anyway,
3: because yeah, it's the '80s now, or whatever. Oh. You know, times have changed. Yeah, but now it becomes the opera. It's the opera. You know, it'd be great if he put on like a, you know, Harlequin mask and he, you know, he sort of like flounced around as opera man. But uh, once again, they wanted to, but Sandler had the copyright. He had a candle, candelabra. (laughs) He forced, he forced crime. He plays the music of the night. I was, that's the joke I was trying to make. He comes in with like on a boat. I I was going
2: to (laughs) say he forces crime to listen to the music of the night.
3: Wouldn't it be great if he like rode around on a gondola? Yeah, that would be great. A bat gondola they do or a both, chandelier. They do
2: both live in caves and like catacombs. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's,
3: not, it's It's a distant cousin. Gerard Butler could have played Batman. There's a world where Gerard Butler is up for Batman. 100%. Like if it happens at the right time. If it
2: happens two years later, yeah. Oh, boy, I'm excited. There was a rumor that Warner Brothers wanted Gerard for the Snyderverse, too, which makes sense. Or that Snyder wanted... Yeah, for the Warner it, Brothers, first. it does make yeah. sense.
3: I think he's, yeah, no, it does. Uh, but anyway, so he starts working on this Batman,
2: and I like all these character. pieces. Okay, well, how am I going to be able to listen to you? We need to design fucking antenna in the ears, sure. Uh, the gauntlets, uh, we'll buy 10,000 of this piece and then 20,000 of this right, piece and and put and it we'll, together, right? Yeah, I like all this shoe leather. I do too, I and get then, really jazzed and watching then, this. But part then of the you movie. have
3: the most important moment where he's Carving a bat, Batarang, yeah, right? Yeah. And Bruce, uh, Alfred's like, What, what the fuck what is going bats on here? Monster? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, Bats frighten me. Yeah.
2: Okay, so we're at like the 50 minute mark, and you're like, Batman's still really taking his time to get yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, again, I kept checking the time yeah. while I was watching. It's like, Still no Batman. And he puts the suit on, but oh, it's not finished yet. Doesn't have a symbol, ski mask instead of the. Uh, the gauntlet mask. The first oh, right, because he, he has
3: at. his first thing where he's kind of crashing around the narrows right. and he's like kind of crappy And at he's it. got
2: this kind of harness on and he, you know, tries to question people, talks to uh, Jim Gordon, establishes that bond. Yeah. But then he tries to jump off a building and it hits a bunch of fire
3: skates. Yeah, I think, yeah. So yeah, his idea is like, okay, if we, uh, there's a corrupt judge. Yeah. If we can get the judge on our side, we can actually force the. And people. we can get a DA, yeah. Rachel Dawes. Right. We need one then honest cop, Jim Gordon. Get Jim Gordon the cop, and then we can prosecute um, uh, Carmine, yeah. Alcon, who is bringing in some sort of substance in his drug deals, yes. which are being helped along by Dr. Henry Crane,
0: mm-hmm.
3: who is it Henry? No. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Jonathan Crane. Sorry. Oh, okay. Jonathan Crane. Nope. Uh, played by Killian Murphy. Yeah. Who's like a psychologist.
2: Was also someone who came very close to playing Batman in
3: this. Yes. He auditioned and
2: Nolan said he was like maybe two or three. Nolan loves Killian Murphy and yeah. keeps putting him in his stuff. And he's
3: in all three of the Batman movies, which I've always appreciated. Yeah. Um, but uh he's he's just a he's just a little weirder looking than Bale. Yeah. And so Nolan's like, how about Scarecrow?
2: My mom's whole theory on Killian Murphy is that um He's too pretty to actually work as a leading man.
3: He's quite pretty. He's got that like, sort of gaunt prettiness with the high cheekbones.
2: Right. And he kind of only works if you make him creepy or haunted. Right. Because of that. So that's that. Yeah. So and now then all there's the pieces a drug are in deal place. going down. And now the costume is finished. He in goes the to Lucius Fox. He says, I need something to make me fly. Yeah.
3: At first, Lucius is like, sure, I'll make it. And then Lucius keeps is like, on Look, going. I'm going I know Spelunkin. you're doing space driving. Right. And he right. goes, just
2: don't think I'm a fool, Mr. Right. Wayne.
3: Uh, and so he makes his back costume.
2: And now it's awesome. Sure, he looks great. It's a yeah. nice costume, right? It's great. And I love that it's still a little goofy and unwieldy. I love that he still can't totally move properly in it. Yeah. Because like Dark Knight, they make the segment thing, they make it a lot more practical in terms of actually but I like having they, an actor move.
3: I like they, in this. They, But in the Dark Knight, they literally have him redesign it yeah. on screen. Yeah. Uh, Right. Yeah. I just like in this that it's a little unwieldy. But, you know, there was this whole obsessive thing in the fan base of, like, the costume can't have nipples. Like, there was, like, this, like, uh, pushback to Schumacher's idea of, like, Batman as, like, a Greek statue. Yes. You know, with this sort of, like, ridiculous molded plastic.
2: Right. And then this, his suit's very tactical looking. And then he's modified it with
3: bets. So cool. I love it. I'm a nerd who
2: loves realism. Twisted. (laughs) So uh, yeah, the hour mark, he goes to the docks. These cops are coming around. You know, it's set up like a horror movie sequence. I mean, it's, it's like something weird's going on. I'm sitting there pulling blood in my hands, <laughs> and I'm waiting. And then suddenly, guys start disappearing. They're being pulled up yep. into the sky. And then you have
3: that that great shot where he, the guy's like, "Where are you?" And he just backs into Batman, who's like hanging upside down, and he's yeah. like, "Here." Yeah, it's great. And, and
2: he and the guy runs away screaming and it's annoying because he was trying to initiate like a Tobe Maguire, Kirsten Dunst kiss. He was? That's why Batman was upside down. Here
1: I am. Hey, another thing that I feel like kiss doesn't Kiss me! <laughs> I feel like something that kiss doesn't get me. talked about enough is Batman's good with ropes. Very good with you know, ropes. He's, he's like like I don't know how to tie hero. knots yeah. and make ropes yeah. happen.
3: Why else do you think Army Hammer was considered to play Batman? Okay. I'm just going to let
2: that drop Top rope heroes. Number one, Slipknot from Suicide Squad. Loves his ropes. Number two, Army Hammer. <laughs>
3: yes. The real hero of ropes. <laughs> Do you know about this? If not, Google Army Hammer ropes and have a blast. Okay. Have a great time. <laughs> Anytime my friends uh, say Army Hammer, I just go ropes. <laughs>
2: Hey, you don't even have to Google it. Go onto Army Hammer's Twitter account and look at his his faves. His faves. He doesn't apparently know that they're public or. Okay, all right, all right. That's enough about Army Hammer. Good man.
3: Who was literally going to play Batman in George Miller's Justice
2: League movie. Justice League, mortal. Um, Why do all movies have dumb subtitles? uh, (laughs) Justice League, mortal. Justice League, forbidden kingdom.
3: (laughs) Justice League, dead men tell no tales. (laughs) Salazar's, Salazar's revenge. revenge Hola Batman <laughs> We're having this, fun here on Blank This is weirdly Check. the punchiest episode we've done in a while For Batman Begins
2: Yeah this is sort of like a Lincoln-esque yeah. episode Where we're, we're quite punchy but in a yeah. good way I hope so I hope it's a good way So Batman has now begun And he immediately tracks down Rachel Dawes At the subway She's a, the above ground train system she gets off because some guys are trailing her, and there's Batman standing. Right, because um, Falcone's arranged a hit on her. Right. This is a scene I missed because I was cleaning up blood from my face originally, uh-huh. but he kind of reaches out to her. He's he's building his base. He's going, look, there's a new kid in town. Yeah, he it. Gets- his name is Bartman, mm-hmm. and crime's going to pay. You with me or against
3: me? So, and then you've got, come on, the narrow scene. He he yeah. finally, one hour and five minutes into the movie, yeah. which is just about halfway in, yeah. he... Uh, Wilkinson, Frau Cohn's like, Who are you? And he grabs him out of the sunroof and goes, I'm Batman.
2: Right. And then he turns and Rod Shebega is still there at the same spot he's been for 10 years. And he goes, Nice, <laughs> nice coat. Nice coat. Uh, and then the kitty scene happens.
3: Right. That flies after. away. Right, the hero. Now we have seen swells. him in suit. He's begun. Uh, he has begun. There's the shot. Nolan does a shot of him standing on top of the skyscraper. Iconic. The helicopter shot. Very nice shot. Yeah. Uh, which I think he tops in the Dark Knight with Correct. a shot of him in the wreckage. That uh, that that great shot of him yeah. post explosion where he's yeah. standing in the wreckage is great yeah. shot. Um, but anyway, yeah, nice hero shots. Mm-hmm. I think he must have been drawing a little inspiration from the '90s animated movies and series,
2: right? Like, I think so. There's there's just a little there's of that, that vibe. There's, there's that iconography,
3: and that it, back in the day, that was the hacky thing you would say about Batman was like. But the real one is Mask of the Phantasm, yeah. like I'm a real Batman fan because i I think that's the closest to real yeah. Batman
2: that movie does rule but it's a
3: great movie i just it just became so hacky to be crack. like insert animated thing here is the closest to the Agreed. comic Agreed,
2: and also it's tough to talk about, like, it, it, it's, it's kind of stupid to compare Mask of Phantasm because Mask of Phantasm is the one Batman movie that doesn't have to worry with being a self-contained narrative in any sense. Yeah. Like, it's a continuation of the animated series, so it doesn't have to do any world building. Yeah. It doesn't have to cross these things off the checklist. You know, it's just like, here's a cinematic episode. Agreed. It's a great movie, but it's like it doesn't work without the series. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Anyway. So Batman's on the prowl. Yeah. So then there's like 15 minutes of Batman just like going to bars, hanging out, being like, hey everybody, I'm Batman. Just want you to know. <laughs> yeah, he goes to some society event. He's on the prowl. Um uh but he comes home and now like Alfred starts working on the other angle. He's like, Look, you gotta build up a kind of public reputation. I mean, it's gonna be weird. Right. Bruce Wayne's back, you're in the news because people thought you were dead. Yeah. You're just going out and base jumping all the time. Right, and you have all these like mysterious injuries. And I love this, and he's like, you got to pretend you're a billionaire playboy.
3: Yeah, he's like, you know, you're supposed to buy things you don't own and, you know. Yeah.
2: Stop oh. pretending to have a little fun. Right. I'm all, you have a little fun. <laughs> <What's>, What happened? <laughs> Did someone punch him in the mouth? <laughs> Was that the work of the Joker? Please, Richard C. Joker. We use full names on this show. <laughs> oh boy so now he goes out and he's got three models under each arm and he's pulling up in a cool car and he's at a hotel and uh, the the woman from, uh, from following is one of the women going like this Batman showing up fighting criminals oh that's right I forgot that's about her. that yeah. right
3: he's definitely already introducing which will become a little more of a thing I guess in The Dark Knight that idea of like Some people are like, well, I think vigilanteism is wrong. And other
2: people are like, but he's saving the city of Gotham. Right. And and Christian Bale goes, I mean, clearly the guy's uh, Uh, dream. The guy's got issues. (laughs) (laughs) Bruce Wayne. This is where I think Bale's performance becomes great because now he's playing like four different characters. I think
3: he does a great job being Bruce Wayne, especially in this one as, yeah, as like an aloof idiot playboy. I've Uh, always
2: argued that he's the best Bruce Wayne we've ever had.
3: I mean, I don't disagree with you, but I also think that's because None of the other movies put any effort into Bruce Wayne. Even the Burton Keaton ones. Yes, Burton's take is like this guy just wants to put on that suit and run around again. Being Bruce Wayne, Val Kilmer is fine. Is you know he's just kind of asleep, and then Clooney is really just playing it like he's Clooney, like he's like a movie star, right? And he's dating El McPherson. There's no characterization. And the though, subplot yeah. in Batman and Robin is like, will he ask El McPherson to settle down with him? Yeah, like because like the idea of that movie is almost like it's time for Batman to start a family, right? You Which know, is like, what Lego Batman would, does properly.
2: Well, Lego Batman's got a great Bruce Wayne. Yeah, the best. <laughs> oh, you're saying it beats Bale? No, no. I think I think Lego Batman has a better Batman. Would you say that Will
3: Arnett is the third best Batman? Or is, is Kevin Conroy
2: ahead of him? Yeah, I mean, Keaton's number one, right? No, I prefer Bale. I know Keaton's your guy, though. Keaton's my guy. Yeah, I think Keaton's a better Batman. I think but Bale's I love, a better Bruce Keaton. Wayne. I think Keaton worked that suit better than anyone. I, yeah, it, they're both great. I mean, the pro- we'll talk about in the Dark Knight. Yeah, I think Will Arnett's top three, though. I just can't settle on where in the three he is. Anyway. Anyway. He's fighting crime. He's fighting crime, he's going out, he's Working taking names. in the narrows. People are starting to talk about him. There's that great little moment. Ben was just punching the air. He mimed punching little punches.
3: Yeah, because you know, the, the beef on Nolan is he's a bad action director, especially backhand. People used to say that a lot. Hand-to-hand combat in this movie is sweaty. It's sweaty, but
2: he mostly just doesn't do a lot of it. Exactly. Yeah. And he's good with uh vehicles. He's good in action sequences when it's a large swath of space. That's why the hallway sequence works in Insomnia, because it's about the relation between... You mean Inception.
3: But it would be
1: cool if, on in
2: Insomnia,
3: Al Pacino was in a revolving
2: hallway. He's got too many eye movies. That's my take. You know, I I organized
3: my Blu-rays
2: yeah. alphabetically, oh boy. like a big old nerd. And he,
3: it, he just owns the eyes. He eyes? Runs. Insomnia, yeah. Interstellar, Inception. It's three ins. It's three
2: ins. He's got to fucking cut it out. At least Dunkirk. You got a nice D. You should have called it in Dunkirk. <laughs> have you heard that Dunkirk's an hour 40? Yeah, baby. That's amazing. Because he just getting longer and longer, and now he's tightening that belt. <whistles> I like it. I like it. <laughs> David is putting his hands together <laughs> as he whistles, as if he is bringing it in. Yep, I'm bringing it in. Okay, so back. The shortest movie, shorter than Memento. Yeah, which is cool. Yep. Uh, I mean, Following. Following sure. is his shortest movie. Right. but Fa- Following is the length of— <laughs>
3: 69 minutes long. Yeah,
2: following's a two-reeler. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's, it's the length of a couple Looney Tunes cartoons. So now, what the fuck are we even talking about? He's going out. He's making a name for himself. He's playboying it up. He runs into Rachel. He's embarrassed, and he's like, Rachel, this isn't who I am. This is an act. She's like, it's not the things we say. It's the things we do. Yeah. The masks. You're wearing these masks. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, yeah, he goes out. He he tries to get to the bottom of this of this shipment, of these uh, this contraband that's being delivered down at the docks. Yep. Uh, Rachel and- Dawes' boyfriend also was trying to figure this out. Yeah, fuck that guy. He yeah. gets moided. This guy's a drip. <laughs> <laughs> he gets moided. It's a fucking Baxter if I've
3: ever seen one. But then you have the scene where Batman encounters the Scarecrow by mistake, almost. Yes.
2: And the scarecrow gives him some fear gas. Right. And he flips the fuck out. Yeah, man. It's good. It's good. And then he wakes up three days later. You got those dream sequences,
3: not whatever, fear sequences. This is the thing. It's funny that after all these failed projects about like hallucinations by the he does them. And he does them well. He does them really well. Like the Batman fear sequences are great. The scarecrow one, where you see scarecrow see scary
2: Batman, and Batman looks like this like golem, like, you know, and he's like oozing black pus. Great. Well, my single favorite image in this entire movie is when they've started infecting all the citizens oh, of the Narrows and yeah. they look above and Batman's, Batman's flying over them and, them, and he's and got his the red eyes. Is, like on fire. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. It's great. Uh, it's great.
3: It's great. Yeah. Cause this movie was almost called Batman colon intimidation.
2: Intimidation game.
3: Game. Right. That's right. Cause it's about fear. And then you have that great scene right in the same time as all this shit where he catches. Flass. Yeah. Detective Flass or Sergeant Flass, played by Mark Boone Jr. from Memento. A dude who scrubs his face with salami every night. (laughs) The greasiest man in the world. Yeah, this guy (laughs) sleeps in a pizza pie. (laughs) I'm just picturing Mark Boone Junior. uses who's a, a grandma pie as a blanket? He's a fine actor. <laughs> he's got I'm two sure,
1: calzones as pillows. I'm sure he's a great man. No, he's great. But I'm just I picturing love him.
2: him coming home after a long day on set. He's a total pro. He knows his lines. He hits his marks, and he just wants to sleep well, get his full eight hours before he has to be on set six a.m. the next morning. And he walks into his bedroom, it's just the entire wall to wall is a grandma pie. He lies on top of it and then folds part of it on top of his body. He fluffs up his calzones. I swear to God. He scrubs the salami <laughs> on this his. Guy cheeks. just
3: like sweats vegetable oil. Uh, he's so good. He's got that great. He's got like two scenes. The one where he like gets his money and then he's like to Gordon. He's like, Hey, Gordon, you know. Don't, 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 don't and you he's like taste. eating
2: three things <laughs> while
3: he's saying it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's talking to the the street vendor guy, yeah. and he's like,
2: the guy, he's taking money from him. The guy's like, hey, I got kids to feed. And he's like, you what? They don't like falafel? You know, like this fucking guy. And then Batman, boom, grabs him by the ankles with some rope. Ben's excited. Swear to me. Yeah. And he's like, fuck shit. Who piss. are they working for? Cock. Who are they working Will for? Well, I get in trouble if I say the C word. <laughs> <laughs> What's on the table? What's Do off the I table? Look like a cop. Oh, that C word.
3: Um. Uh where Batman is scary. Very scary. And again, like I just we've already said it, but you know, Batman hadn't been scary for a while. No, it was goofy. cool for him to be scary. Now I think too scary. Right. It's been tipped too far in one direction. And that's what happens with Hollywood. Trends get taken to their logical extreme and then they have to pull back.
2: Yeah. This uh, is why we can't have nice things. The idea that Zack
3: Snyder saw this movie and was like, hmm, darker though <laughs> is the whole problem, right? <laughs> yeah. Especially <laughs> literally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn down the brightness. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, what what happens in the plot
2: of this movie? I'm trying to remember.
3: It's mostly just like he's uncovering this thing, which is that Scarecrow working for Razagul yeah. is bringing the fear toxin, the like blue flowers.
2: But
1: why a burlap sack?
3: Does he put it on? I don't he has that line that. where he says, like, it's kind of silly. I know but it looks silly, but it's scary. I mean, that seems great when he's introducing himself as a villain.
2: But Batman, you know, Batman's got vision. He's thinking about what he represents. Scarecrow's kind of a hack. Yeah, He's like, look, I got this toxin. I don't know. What do I got? Someone hand me a sack or something. Right. But I love his his sack face is so was, unsettling in this movie. What if it was a crow face? Then he'd be the crow. What you, ben, come on. Uh, right. yeah, it's a simple format. I,
3: I like his sack
2: face. I like it a lot.
3: Yeah. And so the Scarecrow's bringing this in, Yeah. Uh, the fear toxin, Yeah. and he's going to move it, put it into the water supply. Right. He reveals this to Rachel Dawes before he... He toxins her.
2: My favorite joke in the movie is when Bruce Wayne wakes up out of his, his birthday coma and he goes, What happened? He goes, Well, you know, you go around, you go You're to, to the party.
3: Club. Someone's passing around, they're weaponized, weaponized hallucinogens. Hallucinogen. Yeah. It's a funny line. Um, but I like that the fact that he's in league with Ross is revealed when Batman has used the toxin on him. Yes. And he's like, who are you working for? And he's like, Raza Ghoul. And he's like, Raza Ghoul is dead. And that's what short circuits the scarecrow's brain. It's like, one, this guy's heard of Raza
2: Ghoul. Two, he thinks he killed him. Yeah. (laughs) I am in over my head. And this is, you know, in, in this movie's balancing act, it's dance with the pulpier aspects of the material. Their sort of metaphorical way of representing the idea. Of Razal Ghul being this immortal, being this you know Lazarus Pit guy who can resurrect himself, you're watching the movie and going like, is Ken Wananabe going to come back? And it's like, no, it's Razal Ghul's more of an idea. Yeah, a legend, Mr. Wayne. A legend, Mr. Wayne. Who is it? It's Liam Neeson. Oh, Liam Neeson. back.
3: Here's his plot. It's his big birthday party. He's he just trying to have fun pretending to have fun. Right. And Wayne goes up to a bald guy being like, it's Watanabe. But then it turns around and it's just a random Asian well, guy. Well, this woman
2: goes, oh, I've just been speaking to the most interesting man. Mr. Ra's al Ghul? Which is a joke on the fact that no one knows how to pronounce Ra's al Ghul yes. in the comics.
3: Or in the movies.
2: Or in life. Yes. Within the headquarters of DC Comics. Right. And he thinks it's, no, it's another fat, bald guy. And then Liam Neeson's there and he burns London to the ground. And he talks about how the League right. of Shadows whole thing is when society has reached a tipping point, they reset. Much like Batman and Robin, it was time to reboot the Batman franchise. He thinks Gotham needs a dark and gritty reboot in which everyone dies. This
3: is my only problem with Batman again. So it's kind of ties into my Neeson objection, which is just this is the one thing where I'm like, I just don't totally buy their plan. I. Because he's like, we've done it lots of times. Ancient Rome, London in the seventeenth century. Pompeii we and built the volcanoes. No other examples. It's like, what have you been burning down cities recently? Is that something you still do? And like, what is supposed to happen after Gotham is burned to the ground within America? Like, yeah, right, you know, like right. what's your like what is this? Yeah. And also their plan to burn Gotham to the ground is to make everyone afraid
2: and then they'll all kill each other? Is yeah. that the idea? He wants them to destroy it themselves. Okay. Sometimes man is the deadliest volcano of all. It's a flawed plan. <laughs> I like it. Because they're dumb bad guys.
3: Sure. It's fine. And I mean, I'm offering a half-hearted objection. Sure. It's fine. Um, so, yeah, they realize. I realized- just think the turn is a little more forced than, like, Neeson part one. Nissan
2: part two, I'm just kind of yeah. like, all right. Uh, they realize they've worked the, the blue flower into the water supply of the city. They got this sort of like a uh, machine that evaporates.
3: Right. There's this subplot where like a Wayne in, an invention yeah. that like vaporizes It got stolen in shipment. He's going to be part of whatever. this. It's fine. Yeah, it works. Work. He's doing get the legwork. Yeah. And the plot is get the thing onto the train. You drive the train. It vaporizes all the water. Everyone's going to breathe in this
2: toxins. It's in the air. They will all kill each other. Yeah. Um, but they hit the narrows first. But who has to stop them?
3: Uh, A let, legend, Mister Wayne. I
2: think Earl. <laughs> Who's Earl? My name is Earl.
3: <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> David, I need food and I need. Yeah, sleep. I'm hungry too. Um. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the ending's good. The ending's good. I
2: God, mean, well, you should mention the Batmobile. Oh yeah. Does it come in black? Right. And it's great. I mean, I remember thinking it looked dumb when they revealed it, and then you see an action. This is this is the best action sequence in the movie. Uh, He saves Rachel, who's been uh, dosed. Yeah, and he
3: drives. We uh, that's when the Hans Zimmer, James Newton Howard theme is really pumping. Um, and And right, he's flying on rooftops. He's dealing with the cops, and the cops are like, "It's a tank!" Like they're afraid of it, and. Uh that's all good and I think it's it's a part of Nolan's whole idea with all his action sequences which is they should be tactile and they yes. should be real and these devices should work like they built these But they got to go big cars, the second you know?
2: the second Nolan's focusing on two people in close quarters it gets fucked
3: Yeah he's that's not he's just obviously not as interested in it no. like it's just a it's little just more perfumptor. half-hearted yeah. right yeah, yeah yeah um uh but so all the bat stuff and then he works with Gordon to like Gordon gets to drive the Batmobile yeah, he says, "I gotta get me one of these." In one of the cornier lines. Yeah, it's
2: hard to like. Uh, uh, recapping good. the movie in this way doesn't do Gordon any justice. But I just he's like just peppered in. He's this. Pillar of moral integrity. He's just he's got one good man left in the city.
3: Right, but it's not in like a sort of over the top way where he's insanely, it's not sanctimonious. You know, he, like, yeah. you know, there's that, it's good that there's that scene where Flass is like, we're worried about you. And he's like, I'm not a rat. Like, yeah. you know, like, I'm a cop. He's like, like Look, I'm not going to rat on me, you. Guys. I'm not going to get a
2: taste, but. Right, right. I'm, let me, let me do just whatever leave the fuck me alone. you want. Right, I'm just right. trying to be I get a good that. Cop. I
3: am like an outlier here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then he fights Descartes on the train and.
2: This was the year Kind of quasi kills him by two thousand four, you got Incredibles and Spider Man 2 both do big elevated they train did. sequences, and then this is two thousand five the following year, and then after that they they hung up that jersey. Elevated train in the middle of a superhero movie. I'm trying to think if there's any gets other lifted example. to the rafters. Yeah. There were three in no, like I know 18 what you're months. Bon voyage. Remember yeah. him? Great guy. Monsieur really? Why doesn't that guy work anymore? He's a good actor. Good actor. Bon voyage? I believe Brad Bird actually did the voice, but I can't really? remember. I think so. You want my guess? I'm going to be a real Pixar dick here. I think it was Teddy Newton. I think it was Pixar story we're, artist, Teddy Newton. We're both wrong. It was some guy called Dominique Lewis. Okay, well then fuck me. Uh, yep, anyway. Uh, Batman fights him on the chain. He goes, you won't kill somebody. And he goes, no, but I don't have to save you. And he flies away. And then he kisses Rachel. There's a scene I really like. Not, lots of nice tying up. But and then there's the early moment that's nice when Batman ties the thug to the spotlight, so they kind of get the idea. Not the, for the thug; bat it's Falcon. Oh, it's Falcon himself yeah, yeah. with his raggedy jacket. Now that's right. That looks like a bat swings. Bat coat. <laughs> Sorry. The the scene I think Bale's best scene in the movie is when he realizes Rosh Al plan. He's got to get everyone out of his mansion immediately. Oh, he, so he like, pretends to do the drunk speech. Yeah. yeah, and it's like he's playing four things at the same time. He's it's played. really good. It's funny. It's a funny speech. Uh, I feel like we, sycophants. I feel like we nailed
3: all of the major stuff, right? Yeah, Is we just kind of front loaded.
2: Yeah, we got Opera Man. Yeah, uh, we got Opera Man. Swear to me.
3: Uh, yeah, um, we got, you know, Tom Wilkinson. We got uh, Rachel Dodge. Oh, oh she's we forgot the most
2: important thing the memo. Didn't you get the memo? Earl wants to fold applied sciences into their archives and fire Fox. Lucius, yes. Didn't get the memo, and at the end of the movie, after Batman saved the day, Earl gets fired. Morgan Freeman's now the boss, and he goes, didn't you get the memo?
3: Yeah, but also uh, Bruce bought the company when it went public. Right, right, right. right, right. He yeah. bought all the shares. Um, it's a, he has that, again, the repeated line. He loves that shit where it's, he's like, it's a lot of shell corporations and, yeah. or yeah. whatever. You, know, you wouldn't understand, very complicated. They
2: burn his mansion down to the ground. I love the tease at the end where he's like, Maybe we could do some renovations, yeah, to the East Wing. Which I feel like the other two movies don't pay off. He never gets a proper Batcave again. I like that in this movie he's like in a cave with drips mm-hmm. and fucking stalagmites. Right, it's
3: not like where he goes in and there's like
2: a computer that's like, "Hello, Mister Wayne." Like, right, hi, Batman. It felt like that's what they were setting up was he was going to have like a whole huge proper Batcave, and then in, like in Dark Knight and Batman Begins 2, he. Uh, it's just like in an apartment, and then underneath the apartment, he's got like a garage that's kind of minimalist. Um, they never fully rebuild Wayne Manor until Dark Knight rises. Yeah, in Dark
3: Knight, in Dark Knight, Wayne Manor has been burned down, which is what happens in this movie.
2: Right, yeah. And then Batman, uh, right, yeah. Anyway, anyway, and then Dark anyway, anyway, rebuilt, yeah. anyway. Anyway, Rachel has this final speech with him where she talks about the masks he wears and says, This is the real mask. Batman is now who you are. That's sort of become mm-hmm.
3: him. Right, she's basically saying, like I'm not going to date you unless you're not Batman anymore. This, right. the, it's only really important for Dark Knight because it's sort of part of his motivation which is great Knight. because Katie
2: Holmes doesn't get to play any of that ever again she's fine in this movie
3: yeah I think she became an it, unfortunate it Tom target but yeah this was the same summer as War of the Worlds so it was like ah their publicity David
2: almost spilled a drink five <laughs> twice. times twice I almost spilled it on myself, and then I almost spilled it on my laptop. I remember people even making the joke when the Batman Begins poster. They had this real kind of amazing, like, Universal Monsters poster that was... uh, Him
3: dissolving into a bunch of bats? Correct. Yes.
2: Uh, No, that was Batman holding, like, Rachel Dawes' body, Uh, where he looked kind of monstrous. People were like, oh, God, it's weird. Batman looks like Tom Cruise now. Like, now that you know Katie Holmes. I remember people making jokes like that. Well, those are... Those people Dumb are silly. We should. I do like the scene where he summons
3: all the bats with his bat shoe. Oh, yeah, I love that. And then he jumps down the hallway, and he he gets a little hero shot of him like inflating his cape. Yeah, while all that. the bats like circle around him. It's nice. Yeah. A lot of bats in this movie. Yeah, I think
2: that was the DVD cover. Was him like? Yeah, he doesn't down. he doesn't use
3: the bats as much in the later movies. No, this, this movie's one he's very really bat-driven. into bats. Yeah. Right, uh, and I you know
2: another thing I love is that like when they. Uh, and I don't think the movies, the sequels, totally paid off on this. But the idea that like they opened all the doors at Arkham Asylum, so these are going to be all the future villains. Are these Arkham escapees? Yeah. You know. But then the final scene, of course, he meets Gordon up on the rooftop after the bat signal's been activated. Right. And Gordon gives this great speech summing up the the plans for the franchise. Yeah. It says you know uh, escalation. You know you you uh, wear Kevlar. They buy armor piercing rounds. You you know goes through the whole thing you go, uh, you know, you walk around wearing a costume and it's like, okay, here we go. All these Arkham guys are out in the streets. Batman's wearing a crazy costume. They're all going to take Personas. Now we got a franchise. And then probably the best sequel to tease in history, right? So smart. I mean, it's like this and Back to the Future are the two best like (laughs) sequel lob ups. Where he's just like,
3: someone's been robbing some banks. Keeps leaving a calling card.
2: Just got a taste for the theatrical, like you. Mm -hmm. Likes a good laugh. And I just remember when that line happens, everyone the th- you could feel a chill yeah, in the theater. Like, because it feels like, okay, Nolan's starting over. The sense is that these things are sacred. They can't redo the same characters they've done before. Or can they? And then when he flips over the card, it was just like fucking spoogeing <laughs> all over the place. And then,
3: of course, that becomes the narrative of... The sequel is like, who will play Joker? Like, that was like a year-long, like, internet narrative. A
2: month after the movie came out, they were like, Steve Carell, Steve Buscemi, Michael Keaton. Like, I remember every fucking name in the world was thrown around. Adrian Brody, Olivia de Havilland. (laughs) I'm hungry. I am too. Let's go get food. The movie is Uh, called Batman Begins. I love it. It's Batman. I'm going to elevate him to being one of my best movie friends. Excuse me. There's a little game we have to play. I'm not play. saying we're done with the episode. I'm saying we're not done with talking
3: about the game. Not an intimidation game neither. Okay. And then I have a game to play with. Oh, okay. Okay. He's pulling out his phone. Batman Begins opens June seventeenth, two thousand five. Okay. Uh it opens number one at the box office, forty eight million dollars. It eventually And would. it was a
2: five day weekend Open on Wednesday, so I think I ended up making like seventy by the time that Sunday rolled around. Hmm. Maybe you're right.
3: Well, anyway, that's what I'm getting here. Okay. Um, you're right. It opened on the 15th, actually. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it eventually grosses 205 million dollars domestic, 374 worldwide. Just to, to think, like a Batman movie doing badly worldwide. Yeah. Rather than now, that would be the play would be like, well, we'll make tons of money internationally. It's crazy.
2: I mean, this movie made 200 in total, and Batman uh, Dark Knight opens to 150 plus. Yeah. Like this movie comes within, you know, close range of outgrossing the entire predecessor in its opening weekend. Okay, so opening weekend 2005. Fuck. So I'm thinking like May releases from 2005. Uh yeah, so it opens number 1. Number 2
3: is yeah. an action picture that had opened the week before that was a box office sensation and a tabloid sensation.
2: Mr. And Mrs Smith. That's right. But I just, I wanted to do the thing where I pivoted It was funny. The, He pivoted the microphone. the microphone over to Ben and gave him, look. looked at Ben as well. Ben scans. was like looking at his phone. Yeah. Ben was not engaged. <laughs> not interested in
3: me. Yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which has now made 96 mil big in hit. two weeks, was a big hit. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Number three. Animated movie. Madagascar. Correct. Those are the easiest for him to guess. Yep. Folks, uh, which has made 146 in a month.
2: A disturbingly big hit.
3: Number four is a film we've
2: talked about on this podcast. Oh, by the way, you know, in some previous episode, I talked about how weirdly fragmented the Madagascar franchise is in terms of its separate timelines. And then uh, someone, I think maybe Will Goss, got confirmation from someone who works on the Madagascar TV show that I was correct. Okay. Between the film series and TV show, there are three different timelines. Great. Okay.
3: (laughs) Now is not the time to brag. Okay. No, no, it's fine. The number four is a movie we have discussed in this podcast many times. Many times, plenty of times.
2: Have we covered it, or we just discussed covered it? it. We've covered it. Yes. Uh, War of the Worlds.
3: A legend, Mister Wayne. No, War of the Worlds comes out later. Five. I think it was a July release.
2: Yeah. Uh, it's not Elizabethtown. Town. It's not a camera. In, Cameron in five
3: weeks, it yeah. has made three hundred and forty-eight million dollars. Whoa,
2: Nellie!
3: Whoa, Nellie, indeed. Say wait wait wait. 2005, it's made 348 million dollars. So it had to be the highest grossing film in
2: 2005.
3: That's a good question. It was with 380 total. Why am I blinking on the number? The top five of 2005 are this movie. Number two is Narnia. Number three is Goblet of Fire. Number four is War of the Worlds. Number five is King Kong.
2: It's a director we've covered. Yes. So it's not a Shyamalan. No. And it's not. Oh, 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 oh. I'm a fucking dummy. Dumbass. It's called Phantom Menace, Revenge of the Sith.
3: Correct. That was its title. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Star Wars Episode Three has made lots of money. Yeah. Um, Star Wars Episode Three with a budget about $50 million lower than Batman Begins' budget, if wow. you can imagine it. Wow. Uh, number five is
2: a comedy. It's a remake. Longest Yard. Yes. Okay. Holy shit. I want food. Now here's the game I'm going to play with you. <laughs> no, excuse me. I'm going to say some of the other titles. Oh, okay. Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl Grade in 3D. Great film. film. With Taylor Rodriguez Lautner. Yeah. Who's the girl? I don't, don't think remember. she really worked it. Cinderella Man. Weird movie. Ron Howard, very weird movie. Ron Howard shooting last on Han Solo. <laughs> That's right. Uh, damn
3: it. Number eight, The Perfect Man. Let's not forget oh, with the Hillary, uh, Duff? Hillary Duff and Heather, Heather, Heather Locklear. I think right.
2: Chris Noth plays the titular perfect man. I believe man. you're correct. She pretends to be a guy, no, who so her cares? mom feels less lonely. Sisterhood of the
3: Traveling Pants is in there. Good film, good franchise. Uh, yeah, I agree. The Honeymooners, the Cedric the Entertainer, Mike Epps, uh, reimagining. <laughs> yeah, not a hit. <laughs> a dark gritty reboot. You, what, you you don't you remember that one? Uh, Crash is hanging around in the top
2: mm-hmm. uh, twenty. You got Monster in Law. Yeah. Okay. I want to play a billing game with you because I think Nolan's billing is always really interesting, and I want to set this up for future episodes. Can you guess the billing? Who's above the title? This credit block. It's uh, on this one. It is six names. Uh, Christian Bale. Correct. Is number one. Correct. Michael Kane Correct. Yes. Okay. All right. That
3: was that was the scariest one. Number three. Gary Oldman. No.
0: Mm.
3: Katie Holmes. No. Liam Neeson. Correct. Right, right, sorry. Right. And then Katie? Yes. Then Gary. Yeah, which is weird that Gary's that deep. Yeah, but Katie was, yeah, she was a big play. And then, so wait, have I named one, two,
2: three, four of them now? Uh, You have named five now. Oh, so, and Morgan Freeman. Correct. Right. And then if you go down to the credit block underneath, it's Christian Bale above the title, then Michael Caine, Liam Neeson, Katie Katie Holmes, Holmes, Gary Gary Oldman. Oldman, Then you add in Killian, Killian Murphy, Murphy. Then Rucker Howard. Tom Wilkinson. Oh, of course, right. Sorry. Tom then Wilkinson, Rucker. Then Rucker Howard. Then Watanabe. Then Ken Watt,
3: poor Ken. And then and Morgan and Freeman. And Morgan Freeman. No with. Yeah, well, Keynes, you're obvious with. But they give him but second But he obviously billing. negotiated a big enough salary or whatever that they put him second bill.
2: I just want to set that up because I think the billing gets interesting on the next two. Yes, it does. Love billing. Love billing. Love Batman. Yeah, he fights crime. Yeah. In the city of Gotham. Billing begins. Well, everyone, this has been our episode on Barfman Begarts. Yep. I hope you liked it. We need to get food right now because our brains are clearly melting. We gave you a nice two hours of batting. Yeah, yeah. You got nothing to complain about. Shut the fuck up. Batting man. Um, He is the batting of the men. And uh, tune in next week for our episode on the prestige.
3: Uh, Le
2: Prestige. Right, which is like a little blank check. That's like he's coming off a blockbuster and he gets, This know.
3: is, now Nolan's game is, I make you a Batman, you let me make what I want, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, after Batman begins, solid hit, he makes a little magic movie. Sees,
2: what if Wolverine and Batman were magicians?
3: After Dark Knight, huge hit, he gets to make his dream police movie. What if DiCaprio <sighs> was a dream thief? And then, uh, after Dark Knight Rises... It's a huge hit, even though it's bad. He gets to make a space movie. I don't know. Yeah. Okay.
2: Anyway, hi everyone. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Big thanks to Ange Fergudo for running our social media accounts. Yes. Joe Bowen and Pat Reynolds for doing our artwork. Wayne yes. Montgomery for the theme song. Yes. Go to our Reddit for some dorky shit that people are arguing over all the time. Please do. And as always. Yes. And as always. Swear to me. Uh, crap, fuck, Batman, fuck you.
1: Uh, started recording, guys, and uh, whenever you want to jump love in. Love this movie.
2: Yeah, I love this movie. Good movie. Okay. It's um, a
1: good, yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Are you excited for Jurassic World? Forbidden
2: Kingdom. That's the fucking title. Jurassic World: colon. Colon, Forbidden Kingdom. Wow. Uh, Wait, what for made Jurassic it Jurassic World 2. Ooh, it's forbidden. You can't go. No, no. That that new birth movies death day Lewis account, which is really good. I don't know if you've been following I have, that. I've been following. He it. tweeted like, "Hey, I just made your job simpler for you and took the poster, yeah, so and said, it was Jurassic, Jurassic crossed, crossed out, out, crossed out kingdom. kingdom." Yeah.
3: Uh, sure. I think the only problem with that is like, you know. Where do you end? It's like Jurassic Universe. Yeah, like, that's where you end just it.
2: Keep going. Yeah, <laughs> Jurassic Galaxy. Yeah, are you call it Jurassic Land? Are you call it Jurassic? You know, Land is smaller than World yeah, and bigger should... than Park. They yeah. should have gone Park Land World. Yeah. Are there they dinosaurs to... No, there aren't dinosaurs in this one. That's the twist. <laughs> no <laughs> dinosaurs. It's just about like urban planning. Yeah, like, yeah. It... yeah. <laughs> the whole movie is them trying to pick out a new location. Yeah, right. <laughs>
1: it's just bureaucracy yeah. and like. Yeah, plans, it stars and... Richard
2: Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to deal with
3: like the zoning board. Something has been negotiated. <laughs> They're like dinosaurs. I don't know, and he's like, "It's fine." <laughs> That's
2: it fucking dirty. <laughs> 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 looking, where's
0: the all right? Fucking put that
3: all, Put
2: that all at the end of the episode. Yeah, put it at the end. You were recording all that, right? Yeah, that was great stuff. Mm. That was great stuff, Ben. That was great stuff. All right, all right, come on. Okay, where's the thing I'm looking for? Cut out the part where I said it was great stuff.
3: (laughs) No, keep it in. Double it.